When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Kind of Funny's James Bond in Review, where we rank and review all of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. I'm Gettys, Tim Gettys. And let's go around clockwise, starting with Big Kev, Doc, to introduce yourself. Go for it, Kev. <laughs> He's muted. I'm, I'm K. Oh, I'm K. Say I'm taking the Q roll. Oh, I like that. I yeah, like that a lot. Yeah. That's real good. That's real good. And Q-Wella. it works with the fucking up, you know? Yep, Plus. yep. Next, next up. Is that, is that Andy? It's you. Oh, it's me? Clocks. I, I don't know which. I don't know where I'm at in your... In a clock? Yeah, you watching, just look at the thing. Oh, I, just, I, don't, I turned the stream off. Sorry, I apologize. Okay. Good job. Good start. It's all Here right, we Felix. Are. It's all right. Much money, Penny. That's good. (laughs) Take us home, Andy. Mrs. Money Penny. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, are you guys Money Penny or are you both M? You know what? It doesn't matter. What matters is we're back. We're finally here to end the era of Daniel Craig. This was uh, the final in-review series that we started in the studio, and then it transitioned to work from home. This was the first movie to get delayed, and it is crazy, but years later, we're here. We're about to do this because this is kind of funny in-review, where each and every week we rank and review two different movies in different movie franchises. Uh, We're about to close out Bond right now, and then just to give you a little bit of tease over the next couple weeks and also for the rest of the year i'm gonna give you the rundown because a lot of people have been asking questions and it's finally locked in everybody and i'm very excited about our schedule next week we're doing a double dose of halloween with halloween 2018 and then halloween kills then the week after that we are starting or we're gonna go back to mcu and review and do what if it's gonna be a little later than normal because there's new movies coming out we got to make room for them so first up will be what if in review and then later that week we're doing it. You guys have been asking me. I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of tweets about it. We're going to rewatch every single Spider-Man movie leading into Spider-Way No Way Home, starting with the Raimi movies, then going into the web movies, then going into the MCU movies all the way into December. Then the week after that, we're going to start Ghostbusters in review to lead into Afterlife. And the rest of the year, we'll just be returning into different franchises like Edgar Wright in review for Last Night in Soho, uh, MCU in review for Eternals. And then the final new in review of the year will be Matrix in review leading into Matrix Resurrections. Nick Snarpino, you had a question. I was just going to ask Andy if they say that a hero can save us. I don't know what that means. So. Spider-Man 2, baby. Oh, and they say that a hero can say. Um, you know what, guys? Let's harmonize. Cut the, shut it down. Start it over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's your one chance to get it back. Harmonize. Go for it. 
And they say that a hero can save us. I'm not gonna know. Stand here, waiting. <clears throat> oh boy, that was tough. That was. Tough. <laughs> and we do it for you, everybody. <clears throat> You can watch it on YouTube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. If you want to listen to it as a podcast, just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review, and we'll be right there for you with intros that honestly don't get much better than this, but also don't get much worse. So if you like consistency, they're never worse. You're in the right place. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny. If you want to get the show ad free and watch it live as we record it, just like our Patreon producers get to do prank C and molecule. Thank both of you. So very, very much today. We're brought to you by stamps, but we'll tell you about that later. We have no time to waste to talk about no time to die. Runtime of two hours and 43 minutes. It was released after being delayed like five times on October 8th. 2021 making it the 25th james bond title that's pretty crazy really 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 damn crazy which i guess thinking about it is mcu the only franchise that has more entries than it than bond yeah yeah uh, well that, i mean yeah, not in review I, but the what about the Ernest movies yeah Ernest had a, at least no, 17 like, that i remember i want to say Ernest has like seven right mm. I have no uh, idea. I don't remember three. It, I, I, I stopped watching Ernest after Ernest goes to prison. I was like, well, I don't need this anymore in my life. It was weird to just go back and look at the our old videos of of Bond in Review and episode one Casino, Casino Royale. We are still in the studio on March 10th, 2020. That's and the next following episode, which was Skyfall, I believe. Quantum. Or, Quantum. Uh, Quantum of, of Solace. Solace. We are with our Logitech webcams just doing our best <laughs> just doing just our doing best, our best. Yeah, that, was, that was a tough one <laughs> we, but i will say know. the specter one we got a fun little background going on where we got the the spirals of the the gun right. barrel pretty right. cool shit pretty cool shit go back and check it out uh also this video is doing surprisingly well some of them are at like 80k so thank you guys for showing all the love That's to james great. bond in review i got a lot of fun facts about this release here the film will be daniel craig's fifth and final appearance as james bond uh it will also be craig's 16th year in tenure as james bond since his first in casino royale back in <laughs> 2006 this will by tenure make craig the longest running actor playing james bond in the official wow. series since sir roger Moore. uh uh, between the early 70s to mid 80s which ran for 12 years uh, between live and let die and a view to kill by film count craig will come in third after sean connery with six and roger moore with seven although connery has seven if the unofficial film never say never again is counted connery's tenure is the longest if one counts the period between dr no and never say never again no, i'll bet with breaks that. totaling a whopping 21 years time span this is the first James Bond movie to feature all the characters of Q, Felix Leiter, Miss Moneypenny, and M since License to Kill in 1989. Uh, so it's been 31 years. The theatrical release of this movie will mark the second longest hiatus in the official James Bond series. The interval between this picture and Spectre is five years and 11 months. The longest gap between Bond movies previously was six years and five months from License to Kill to GoldenEye. Uh, and then it got pretty average in the Craig era to be a four-year gap between the movies, starting with Die Another Day, leading into his first movie of Casino Royale, and then continuing on from there. This one was directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga, best known as director and executive producer of what, Andy Cortez? Season one of True Detective, one of television's finest seasons of television of all time. It won the Emmy for best season of a show. Yeah. He became the Ever. first 
first director of Ever. Asian descent to win the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Directing for a Drama Series. The music in this one, kind of surprisingly to me, I didn't know this, done by Hans Zimmer. Oh, uh, composer, really? Oh, composer no Hans Zimmer replaced director Kerry Fukunaga's regular music composer Dan Romer during late 2019 due to creative differences. According to show business trade paper Variety, uh, this picture marks the first time in the 58-year history of Bond films that a composer has been replaced during post-production. In March 2021, the movie's title uh, song, No Time to Die, won the Grammy for Best Song Written for Visual Media, making it the first time that a Grammy has been awarded in this category for a film that was not yet released and the third Bond song ever to win the Grammy for Best Original uh, Song. As soon as I see music by Hans Zimmer on the screen, I'm immediately listening, listening out for it. And you have to watch it again with that sort of framing because it makes the experience i think a lot more enjoyable and i just love his use of strings and just causing tension and momentum in in a lot of his music it reminded me a lot of honestly a lot of his nolan movies uh soundtrack when they're trying to create that intensity just oh it's so good dude he just has such a good way of like it's his sound and it, it made the experience a lot more enjoyable for me but yeah i totally agree also- I was going to say he was also using iconic 007 like me like sounds mixed into it and it was oh, like dude, that this was this was like a just a journey through all of the last 5 movies especially all those themes trickled in he was having a great time with it with just the James yeah. Bond theme itself and it's funny so cuz cool. that theme can stick out like a sore thumb sometimes in some of these movies and I would have thought with a movie that was done with this ser- must have a serious tone that it would have, but damn, dude, they just they just worked it in and interweaved it. It was it was yeah. The sound design the sound design as well was epic in epic. this movie, absolutely epic. And we saw it in Dolby Atmos, so that just really added to it. But yeah, the I love like Zimmer really came in, and what I appreciate so much is you get really great versions of the James Bond James Bond theme. You get to still hear, like Andy was talking about, that signature sound from Zimmer that you kind of expect that really kind of like moves the thing along. And I think that the score actually really helped with the runtime to kind of keep the whole thing feel like there was a momentum to it. But the coolest thing is how much it weaved in the old character themes that Nick was talking about over the previous couple of movies, but also how well it utilized the score of Billie Eilish's No Time to Die song. Like they kept, that was kind of used as like the love theme in this movie. And I thought that that was a really really cool uh use of it and getting the zimmer treatment made it like a lot more epic the zimmer treatment i like that uh the budget of this was 250 million but that was bumped up to 301 million because of multi-marketing false starts so sad yeah Yeah, that sucks that's tough it's tough it hit a point where it could not get delayed again they they were just like we have hit a point that we know we're going to lose money if we have to delay it again based on how much marketing they they put in because with bond the marketing isn't just uh billboards on the side of a bus it's the partnerships with watches and partnerships with alcohol and all that stuff and so that's where all these things yeah yeah Yeah, i mean but Bond has always been such an interesting um kind of crossroad of product placement where even (laughs) how many times they talk about as a mega watch in this one (laughs) all that stuff but blow your mind i mean this is a big budget (laughs) movie huge movie um and i hope that they make money on it i hope that it works out for them well it's looking pretty good nick because they have already made 121 million dollars currently and that number is essentially because the movie's been out uh, a couple weeks in uh other territories so mm. um it's it's doing pretty well um and so it's it definitely it seems to be tracking tracking high so good for them 
definitely well deserved um what we're gonna do here is give our thoughts on the movie we'll start off with spoiler free for everybody that doesn't want to get spoiled and wants to go watch the movie this weekend and then we'll make it very clear and we'll shift over into our spoiler filled thoughts including a full recap of the plot by one nick scarpino mm-hmm. andy cortez i want to start with you absolutely loved it i wasn't sure what to expect going into it i feel like a lot of this franchise for me throughout in review has been fairly hit or miss where even if the movie has a lot of enjoyable moments and and sort of cool action sequences i still feel like there's always something to kind of pick at and say oh fleet week on the 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 angels are flying overhead if you can hear them god damn they're so freaking loud okay sorry about that um i feel like even if there's a movie that i have enjoyed like I, I enjoyed Skyfall, and even through that, there are still little things you can pick apart and say, ah, oh, that wasn't super great, and I wasn't totally on board with that decision. This movie, I think, is the most complete for me overall, where from front to back, I am enjoying pretty much the whole damn thing, and I think a lot of it is due to the characterization of Bond. I think the humor sprinkled in there like just enough worked out super well for me the action sequences were fantastic the music going along with the action sequences there are a lot of mission impossible type gadgetry stuff that had me just going like hell yes this is kind of what i want to see i want to be impressed and go damn that shit's so clever um i really really dug this movie i i enjoyed it a lot i'd say it's probably the first of all of these movies that i can say that i love Evan Coelho. Uh, so I have not been a huge fan of the last uh, four movies. And um, I went in this movie and I was really worried. I wasn't excited at all. And I, I want to say what? I, right away, the action grabbed me. I was just like, man, this is fun, over the top, awesome stuff that we want to see from Bond. And then, like, the story really grabbed onto me, too. I think with confidence, like, man, this, it blew me away. I, I, the, the time flew by. It was, I mean, two, nearly three hours long is a lot, but I think that the way they paced it, I was just having a blast the whole time. And I'm, I'm shocked by that. Nick Scarpino, the biggest James Bond fan I know. What'd you think of No Time to Die? Uh, I loved it. I thought it was really good. I think it's like a greatest hits of all the movies that came before it. And, you know, walking out of the theater, it's one of those things where I'm like, this was an interesting accomplishment. I apologize. The Jets are going over my head now. Um, it, it really is a five-movie arc for this story. And, you know, having this be Daniel Craig's last one, I was, a, I was, I was very much hoping that it would be befitting of, of all the time and effort that's been put into the prior movies. You know, we've had a couple misfires. People don't like Quantum that much. Um, a lot of people are super confused as to how the Aston Martin got the guns in uh, Skyfall. But nonetheless, I think they really finished strong with this. And I think it's uh, like, a, you know, it's a nice like, hey, Danny, good job. You know, this is a, this is a good one uh, to say bon voyage to Daniel Craig as Bond and, and kind of usher us into the new era. And I think that's what they really needed to do. I'm very impressed by the direction of it. The action was great. Um, I found myself kind of torn between wanting to see the action sequences and really kind of invested in the storylines and, and the character arcs, which is great. Um, and I want to give a special shout out to the, the sort of tone of the movie, which is a lot more serious than the movies that came before. They took this thing like, they took it to a, a, a cool level. And also just, 
I'm saying it right now. Shout out to Anna de Armas, who, in my opinion, stole the show. Stole the show. Yeah, I mean, I am totally in agreement with all of you. Absolutely loved this movie. I think that it is, Nick, you call it an accomplishment. That's a really good word. I think that its greatest accomplishment is I similar kind of to Andy and Kev was going into this, like, I don't really know what we're getting from this. Like it felt like the end of an era stuff just came in the last minute marketing. And I was like, I don't know that that fits right with the previous movies we've seen. Like we've seen him retire like a bunch of times. Like, what are they going to do? And uh, especially with that runtime, I was like, I'm not sure like if that is going to work because with bond movies, the last couple, there's some convoluted plot points. There's a lot going on. It's kind of hard to follow who's who sometimes with all of the elements. And I was like a longer runtime is probably just going to allow them to have more complicated things. And they didn't do that at all. They kept this one very simple. There's a story that you can follow along. Everything makes sense. They got all the characters involved that we've known before uh, and working together in, in, in ways that are either predictable for us. So like we don't need too much set up because we have the understanding on how to like learn their language essentially and then when there'd be like fun twists they're well set up and the setup and payoff is all there the runtime was so much a benefit to the storytelling and character development because they allowed themselves to just have characters talk to each other before getting to the crazy action scene that then was even better because we understood the stakes even more i feel like uh the direction of this was was real next level and uh, simply the best direction of the the daniel craig bond movies and honestly probably of any of the bond movies that i've seen at least um but yeah i was totally enthralled the entire way through uh for an action spy movie like this to keep me engaged for two hours and 45 minutes is the greatest accomplishment it possibly could have had. I do think there are some moments that aren't necessarily earned, but they're very cool. Uh, and I think that they're earned enough for me to be like, you know what? Everything else was done so well that like, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. And Nick, you saying the greatest hits thing. Like, yeah, this really does feel like the greatest hits of the last couple uh, Craig Bond movies. I don't think that there's any like one scene that hits the highs of some of the scenes that we've had in the, the previous centuries, but I don't think it needed to, because I think there was just so consistently quality throughout that. Uh, I, by the end of it, I was just like, damn, like I had that feeling of appreciation for Daniel Craig, where it's like, yeah. thank you for these movies. Thank you for what yeah. you did for the last couple of decades. And, and you know, there's and, and, and you know, in a lot of ways, you had to, you had to wrap up a lot of storylines, and and it didn't really occur to me until walking out of that theater that I was like, oh crap! I mean, there's like the full military about me. Um, <laughs> it didn't it didn't really occur to me. I was like, well, I mean, this is really like the fifth entry into a five movie series that all ties in together, right? Because Spectre, I just kind of blocked out of my brain. Not that it was a bad movie, it was just kind of boring. Um, but that was like Blofeld's. That that was sort of the, the rise of Spectre and Blofeld. And so to have to sort of tie all those in all the way going back to, you know, uh, Casino Royale and some of the stuff that happened there is no small feat. And the fact that they did that and they were able, they were like, you know, it's screw it. We're going to give it two hours and 45 minutes. We're going to give these characters their due. We're going to give Daniel Craig his time and, and have, and, you know, get some more with Money Penny, get some more with, with uh, Q, get some more with Ray Fine's character who, you know, uh, who I absolutely love as well. Um, it, it was just really nice to see them kind of treat it that way and, and treat it with that respect. Uh, Andy Cortez, I'm going to let it be known right now that from here on out, we are switching to spoiler-filled conversation because we've all laid our piece spoiler-free. Is that fair? Yes. That, cool. I will allow it. Now, this next spoiler time. Andy, go for it. This isn't even spoiler. I just wanted to point out that I feel like I've been kind of, well, I've been spoiled <laughs> by being able to watch these newer movies at home. Because the last two couple of movies that we watch in theaters, I've had trouble understanding what some of the characters are saying. 
and I think I, I, I just miss subtitles. I'll, I'll that's like my non spoilery thing to say here is that I've been spoiled by being able to watch new movies at home on HBO Max with subtitles. Um, because some of the English accents in here can get a little bit lost on me. The same thing with Venom last week, uh, where it's just a product of what's happening on screen with the loudness of the theater. And uh, yeah, that's just what I wanted to say about that. Um, and that's all I have to say. Great episode, everybody. There we go. Nick, uh, last night when the movie ended, you were talking to me and you said something that uh, really kind of puts it all into perspective. It's kind of cool how the five movies work where yeah. Casino Royale and Quantum kind of seem like directly connected. Mm-hmm. Skyfall is kind of the bridge and then Spectre and this kind of are, are telling a story that is also working to tell a overall story. And it's like, yeah. damn, they, they really did that shit. It's, mm-hmm. it's fascinating. I kind of want to go back and watch Spectre first and then go into this. I mean, that's a very long movie. But I, but I like that they that they had those threads going throughout. Um, it's 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 it really works, and it actually ends up by the end of it, you're like, wow, I really feel for these characters. Even even the um, the the Madeline character, who you know, I thought I honestly thought was like, hey, we're we're not going to get back to that. I mean, she's a huge part of this one, obviously, and it kind of feels like okay, that's 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 an interesting thread to pick up from that. Again, it's not that this movie. There, I have some minor criticisms. Of oh this, yeah, um, for sure, um, but. One of the things I wanted to bring up early on, uh, so you guys understand the sort of significance of it, was: Are you guys? You, you're probably not familiar, but when he, when they start talking about all the time in the world, does that resonate with you guys at all? That line. Mm-mm. So no. they're driving in the very beginning of the movie, and she's like, "Can we speed up?" And he goes, "We have all the time in the world." And the, for my first thought was, "Fuck, one of them is gonna," because in Her Majesty's Secret Service, Bond gets married, and your right voice cut off a little bit. Oh, uh, at, at the end of uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service which is uh, an old Bond movie starring George Lesenby, was the only one he had done. Uh, the Bond character retires and gets married. And as they're driving on their honeymoon, he says, we've got all, they're, t- they're joking about having all the time in the world. And then she dies, she gets killed. And he holds her in her arms, in his arms at the end of the movie. And he's like, we have all the time in the world. And it's, it's very, very sad. So the second that uh, Lee Sido's character said that, I was like, oh shit, I thought she was going to die. I was not expecting sort of how we were going to, to, to end this bad boy. I- um, and I, yeah, if we can talk for a minute about how this movie ends, because like now that we're in spoilers, like holy shit, what a definitive way to be like, hey, I'm not doing uh, it again. <laughs> I'm done. Well, yeah, I mean, but like, but it, like, one, he's like, you know, choosing to die to like protect the people that he loves the most, but <laughs> then the fact that we see him like fully explode, right? Yeah. Like. Like, I, hey, by the was... way, no doubt. He's not falling into no the water confirmed. this time and coming back, if, if, you yep. know, drinking Heineken's in Mexico. He is dead as Dorian. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't love that. I, I just, I think my, my, my criticism of the movie, or my, my minor criticism of it, is that by the end, I was like, I don't really care about what's going on with Raymond Malik's character. I don't care. And him scratching him with the virus, I was like, Ugh. like, we didn't. I know that we did. We need this to be definitive, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm. Part of me is like, why couldn't you just let him retire and have a family and a daughter? Like, I don't understand why that couldn't be something that we could do for him. But I guess I, they're worried in audiences' minds that people will clamor for Daniel Craig to come back. Maybe he pushed for it. I don't know. Uh, maybe he was just like, I don't. I really don't want to do this ever again. Let's put a definitive pin in it. Let's have him die. But um, I just feel like the third act of the movie is kind of where it starts to, where it started to drag for me a little bit. Where I'm like. 
they, they, how many times are we going to run back and forth through this farm before <laughs> I'm like, I don't fucking care about this, this MacGuffin anymore. And then they keep cutting, cutting back and forth to money, Penny and, and M in the room. They're like, Oh, we're still going. <laughs> Where is he? I don't know. But I mean, again, that that's a minor criticism of the, the rest of the movie, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, I really, I, I was just going to say, I really enjoyed that, that sort of final, those final sequences. Rami Malek's character, I love the characterization of it. I love the way it was acted. I just didn't really care about much of what he wanted to do. It didn't feel, uh, it felt so secondary to what the main story was, even though it yeah. was the main story. Like, yeah, it felt like kind of just a side plot thing that you were kind of always like, Oh, remember what Rami's doing, but don't, mm -hmm. you know, it's whatever. Um, I feel like I wish it just had more importance in the overall thing. Um, I wish it felt more important, even though it was the main cause of all of it. Um, but I, I kind of dug the way that they killed him off. I, I really, I, I enjoyed it. I think it was a, uh, I love seeing dudes die. <laughs> uh, I just, I just love the way it was kind of orchestrated and planned out. The, uh, couple things I didn't love were after the fact, how quickly it all kind of wraps up and all right, Taban, Taban, yeah, Taban. Right. And then get back to work. And then I just, it felt kind of odd the way they sort of, uh, paced and framed those those last few sequences, um, but I I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool and and a beautiful death. I thought I wish we didn't see the explosion happen in front of him. I wish it was just like missiles are coming down. We cut to to Lee Sado or Lee Sado. How do you pronounce it? Sado, I think. Lee Sado. Look it up. I'll look it up. I just wish it it had cut to her perspective, seeing the explosions from her side of it. Um, but I thought it was beautiful. It reminded me of Bruce Willis in Armageddon. Everybody, spoilers. Yeah, I I, I liked the death. I I liked that he mm -hmm. died. I I kind of agree with the, some of the sentiments here. Just like the way it kind of happens and the way it got there is like not the cleanest thing in the movie. And I just think that the the villain as a whole in this movie is definitely the weakest part. And if he's the weakest part, hey, this is a pretty damn good movie because like he was still scary as shit. That opening scene with him was utterly incredible it felt more like a horror movie like a good horror movie than a, a james bond movie uh spoiler full spoiler talk my first disappointment in the movie came with the first shot which is we get the circles and he does the iconic james bond thing like shooting the the camera thing and i was like oh i like it more when it's kind of like part of the movie like integrated a little bit and then way later at the end when oh. we get the like one shot of him going Bad. through and he goes down the hallway and Bad. does it in the movie i lost my shit and i was yeah. like holy was... crap you just took that disappointment i had and flipped it on its head and yeah. made one of the most incredible like hype moments that i've, I've seen in bond carrie fukunaga like popped in and was like what do you think about that tim how do you think about yeah. that shit? Like, thank you carrie thank you <laughs> so, so much yeah there was uh kevin do you have your hand raised uh, yeah, but I was going to take it another topic. So if you want to keep talking. About oh, this. yeah, I was just going to talk about hyper moments. Like, so, so that moment was great for me. But the moment that I was like the intro of this film, which is like 30 minutes long or however long awesome. it was, you know, traditionally you have that you have maybe, maybe what a five to 10 minute long scene that's generally pretty action oriented. Of course, in Casino Royale, we have the moment where he has to go do his final kill. And then we have that intercut black and white with him beating the shit out of the guy in the in the uh, uh, bathroom. bathroom and then you know it ends with that shot right this one just goes on and on and on and then it's like gut-wrenching where he's like you're never gonna see me again and the train pulls away and right when like as it pulls away and she's running she's running running and looks over and then she can't see him anymore and and then the little dots start coming in i was oh. like that is mm -hmm. 
perfect. It was amazing. Perfectly done. And it's so retro and so old school. And what a nice homage. Like, just the dots coming in. Very nice. It made me feel like I was watching a Bond movie from the early 60s, 70s, things like that. And then, of course, we go into the more modern graphics, which I thought um, the scene was amazing. It was chill. It was chill worthy. The whole sort of transition into it. You're absolutely right. And what I needed was Tim or just somebody in theater to be like, Woo! come on, baby. Like, Cause it just, it felt awesome, man. It was hype as shit, dude. Yeah. It's Leah Seydoux. Uh, Leah That's Seydoux. That's how we say it. Leah okay. Real quick, just to, to fit into a couple of what I was saying about the disappointment turning into hype. Another moment I have like that was uh, when she, at some point he was like, my name's James. And like, he didn't do the line. And I was like, they're going to come back somehow with it. Oh, I did it was not the, the expect teller, right? them to do it how they did it at the end which was fucking beautiful and honestly made me tear up but having her talking to the kid and saying let me tell you about your dad his name was bond james bond are you fucking kidding me he had to die so that moment could happen because it was fucking beautiful yeah, that little kid was good casting too she yeah was totally. yeah. yeah she nailed yeah. it yeah i think go for I, it. Hold on, hold on. Kev, was, Kev was trying to say something go for it oh i, I so i was just gonna say uh, hype moments like there um or like powerful moments there was the uh Right before, there was a point where we were talking to Felix and he's on the boat. Mm-hmm. And I just thought to myself, man, this guy is such good casting for this character. He's so charismatic. And it's like the next shot, he gets shot in the in the stomach. Mm-hmm. And like right away, I was like, oh, like it that's makes, the end. Like he's going to die. Wonder, what if? What, what if? if he hadn't gotten shot? <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. That was, was good. That was, was, no, 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 was good. But I, it just, it was one of those moments where it's like, I've always enjoyed the Felix character, but something about this movie, like the moments they had, I thought really just nailed that character. Yeah. And then to see him die and the way he dies, just another like beautiful ending to, you know, yeah. relationships. Andy? Kevin and I had a lot of great, just sort of like back and forth talking to each other moments. And at one point, Kevin leans over and goes, man, it's a lot like Fox die. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And then later on they go, Oh, those are nano nano robots or nanobots. Nanobots. I was like, "What are you what laughing at?" I was like, what are you "Oh, that's hella so funny. fucking funny, man!" Like, because yeah, yeah we we all were feeling the same thing of just like, "This is this is Metal Gear. Yeah, it's definitely Metal Gear." And then for it to be that on the nose, it's like, yeah. "Okay, that's fucking cool as hell." Let me nano machine you guys. Uh, what did you? How did you feel about the crazy German or Russian scientist guy that kept explaining everything that was going on I, to the audience? Dude, I love. I always love the Pierce Brosnan movies. They like at least the what's the one the one with the, I feel like there was the the guy the crazy guy that would always yell Goldeneye was like I'm invincible yeah. yes and it just reminded me so much of that character so I was very much in where I love having the stupid scientist that is way over the top also I, I really like huh? I was gonna say I I I liked I liked him fifty fifty there were some times where I'm like I understand you're putting this character in this to kind of explain what's happening to the audience but at one point he dipped into the the Mathis character where he's like they're going to the flop right now and it's like Mathis you don't have to explain how poker works like either you get it or you don't get it right <laughs> um, but but I ultimately I was like all right it came around it was just the right amount of like silly humor that I think it worked except for his death. I felt like was a little bit weird. Cause he just like was turned into a super racist all of a sudden. And then double O seven was like, fuck it. Just kicks him into the ass. And I was like, Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> that was, yeah. that was fast. We could that, have ramped that up a little bit. 
that seemed like it came out of nowhere. <laughs> and yeah. uh, but then he just also like, we got this character somehow. <laughs> he got a death very similar to the the invincible guy where yeah. he just the liquid nitrogen thing. Yeah. Um, I also really like that we got uh like a crazy henchman with a cool nickname again with Cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah. yeah. Or at least I guess that wasn't his nickname. That's just no, what it was in the credits. Oh, it Cyclops. Was it... it was his name and then in parentheses Cyclops. So awesome. he's I, yeah, now going I, to be known think, as Cyclops. I think that was Double Seven just being a dick. Oh yeah. But anyways, oh, yeah. I I enjoyed that. I liked his the little gimmick that they had with him and the one eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought all that stuff was yeah all that it was just enough gadgetry and bondness to keep me like this is a bond movie because i think very easily they could have strayed more into like darker territory and i think the tone could have shifted more into like a true detective very easily i mean it starts off if, if you saw this movie the beginning of this and on, as an hbo show and didn't did and it wasn't a bond movie it could very easily be a true detective style like thriller show from just the beginning that that first scene right those jump and scares it was it was <laughs> yeah. scary as shit and, and and remy malik's character that that mask that he wears the just the hauntingness of everything being like snow white was was just not not snow white sorry white as snow rather is what i meant like everything just just you know we, yeah it was we gotta i was gonna say we gotta add a bit more white hair or just age him up a little more that was the thing too i was like they're old the were you back then as, 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 yeah come on like, were you 12 back then and now yeah. you're like 40 I something mean, what the in hell in the photos he is very young so i do think it happened when he was very very young so right? he did he wait 15 years and then come hunt, hunt he's got to get good Mr. at Mr. White killing you, you gotta that get was a weird I, so here's my thing is like i and i think remy did a great job but this character was very close in my brain to Javier Bardem's character in Skyfall, so much so that I wish that they had just had this been Javier Bardem, because I think he could have, that would have made more sense to me of him like being a little bit more of like Bond's contemporary. Not to, not to say that Remy Malek didn't do a great job in the scenes that he were absolutely captivating to me, but it did read to me like he's like 25 years old doing this. And it just wasn't, it was a little bit, it was a little bit weird for me. Yeah. especially in the beginning where i'm like wait how's this aging working up like because he, he should be like in his 40s in this right it's definitely the most disappointing of the villains i feel because of the potential because i think again the acting and the line delivery and the presence that he had on screen i think is one of the best villains we've had i just wish that the writing and sort of uh you know plot ultimate, had yeah I, I wish they'd utilize them a bit better and in a bit smarter um in smarter ways because i think yeah. he could have been like the perfect villain i loved what you're right i loved when he was on screen it was captivating dude he's i just love his line delivery Good, but yeah again it just they just didn't give him a whole lot interesting to do unfortunately and, and i think that in my in my, like in my opinion i think the javier bardem uh the silva m relationship was what really made that for me right it was like a mother estranged son twisted fucked up relationship and obviously like and this is no you know disrespect to the Madeline character, but she hasn't been with us for five movies. Whereas M, Judy Dench's character was, and you know she's near and dear to the heart of every Bond fan. And so seeing her be in jeopardy and her being sort of the impetus for this this person's like crazy twisted revenge plot, I think hit a little bit more close to home and maybe gave Javier Bardem a little bit more to go off of from the characterization. Um, and also his his I think his MacGuffin was a little. Can't even remember the heck, heck. I think he was a computer guy, right? That's a little bit yeah, more believable than hacker. nanobots that kill you based on your DNA. That seemed uh, so cool, just it's cool as shit. Don't it's get me so wrong. Fucking and, cool. and, and <laughs> outside of the realm of Bond, right? This is a series that traditionally has had like invisible cars and shit. So I'm not saying yeah. the science can't exist, 
but this bond this movie felt very grounded and so when we when we dipped into that i felt like they needed to have the characters over explain why this can work yeah. and i'm like yeah, yeah, all right it's, it's fine I'll look it's that. so funny because we're so like there's a good chunk of the company ran out specifically uh what andy me and barrett we just played uh metal Metal gear Gear. yeah and like this is a major component in metal gear the fox Mm. die which is a virus that is tied to dna and goes after specific people it's such a cool name so Uh, real quick before we get to the plot uh, i wanted to say two things about the tone of the seriousness versus the the kind of like campiness of some james bond things i think this movie definitely has the best balance of any of them so far where uh the the scene where we're kind of first introduced to this fox die type thing of him being there and it's like the man of the hour bond and the light goes on him everyone's oh. looking at him and it starts raining down like I was so enthralled with what was going on where I was like, how, how is this going to work? How are they going to explain this? How, why is it killing only some people and not others? And then when it's like revealed, like, Oh, it's tied to the DNA and that's all of specter is now killed. I'm like, Holy shit. That wrapped up Brilliant. so quick, but it's so fucking cool. So, um, and yeah. then in terms of the gimmicky or, or like the, the gadgets and stuff, I think they, they played with it and made it serious where it's like, cool. It's doing this like, old school campy james bond thing of like the car with the gun turrets and all that stuff but the way they had the shot of james not trusting her her sitting next to him the car everyone's shooting at her towards the window and you know the windows it's a gadget it's like this unbreakable car but we're seeing it break and bond doesn't give a fuck because he's just like trying to break her and i'm like this that is so cool because it like grounds this super goofy thing into the world and i i really appreciate that that mm-hmm. i thought it was well done i just I, feel like the the idea behind the nanobonds being like hey we're gonna this is unstoppable and you can never turn them off that to me is always kind of like you're painting yourself into a bit of a corner right because we also have like technology here where you can drop a little fucking alexa unit off and like 3d map an environment i'm like really q can't figure Sonar. out how to fucking go in there what's that I was saying sonar, you know what I mean? Absolutely, like boop, a like a boop. like a bat. No, Mister Fox, like a X-ray machine. Um, I, I can't remember <laughs> the name. I'm sorry, Eddie. I feel like but so I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's a little far fetched, right? So at, when we get to the end, when he's supposed to be making this grand sacrifice, I'm like, really, you don't think you're not going to give it another couple days to see if Q can figure that one out? Like, <laughs> but the you know reality I mean? is, the reality is, the sacrifice wasn't to save her the sacrifice was to open the gates like there was no way he had a uh, he was shot in the leg there was no way he was going to be able to make it off like he was on the top of this giant tower i know that they set it up and made it look like oh he's killing himself so that he can uh, like he won't get her to die and kill his daughter but the reality is he sacrificed himself to open the gates so this virus never went yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, he had to go back, yeah. and it's arguable that he, he wouldn't have time to get out of there. But, I mean, yeah, James I, Bond, for Christ's sake. The dude fell from a train. He got shot twice in the chest, fell from a train, in went a river, down a waterfall, and in still a river. lived. It's all good. He no, could have jumped I, off I that. Know. He could have he but like that, off but The dolphins in the water helped him. They helped exactly. Him. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, before we go into the, the plot, I, give me two seconds. Uh, there's go two things it. that I want to bring up. Uh, uh, damn it, and I've forgotten the first one, so we'll just move <laughs> on to the second one, which is one thing that I didn't like, and I understand why they did it, is her the 007 giving the title back to him for this final mission. And I yeah. get that that's like a retirement, you know, like, oh, yeah, he's back for one more game so he can retire in our thing. But I just felt like it was so cool that they were like, hey, man, the name has moved, or the, you know, the... 007 title has moved on that was awesome and it just felt a little weak 
for them to be like, all right, we're going to reinstate you as a 007. Well, no. And couldn't disagree more, Kev. I, I, I feel you, Kev. But uh-huh. I, and first off, shout out to LaShawna Lynch. She fucking oh. did a great job. And the first time we see her, I was like, that is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, what a great way to introduce a character. She just walks through that club with those dope ass glasses on that are like, reflecting all of the neon lights and the heat of the club and she just looks at him for a second doesn't say anything and you might like if you blink you might miss it you might not see her and then of course her being in like undercover and all that shit fucking great right um i love it because what it tells everyone is we get it right like we're gonna it's a sign of respect she's the younger agent she's trying to show him up the entire time when they finally start working together she's like i'm gonna show this i'm gonna show this like this historic agent, his, his a little bit of respect, give him back the title for just this one last time. I thought that was really cool. Although I, I was like, I don't know. I, I love that. Sh- I love the setup of her being the new 007. I think that is so fucking cool. And what a great starting point of being <laughs> like, dude, you retired, you left, you've been left behind. The newer classes come up. She's a badass. Deal with it. Also, the, the comedic moments that they built oh, up with great. those were good so good. Every time of like, and what's his designation? <laughs> Dude, Daniel Craig has great chemistry with everybody. <laughs> he did great. He did great. I love that, by the way. And you know, obviously, like goes without saying, but I like that there was no romantic thing going on between uh, yeah. him and Anna the Armas or him and 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 Lashana Lynch. They kept him true to like him being in love with uh with the Madeline character. I thought that was good. And I think that just opens up more room for them to have more of a camaraderie between all the agents. And like, dude, again, before we talk, shout out to Anna the Armas' character. I want to know more about this agent. Yeah. Who's just like so been on the cool. job for three weeks and then starts fucking high kicking motherfuckers with an MP7 three in weeks, their hand. Huh? And I was like, he's like three, just like give or take. I was like, dude, what a great just get in, destroy the scene, get the fuck out. Go have a go have a, a Starbucks. I fucking loved it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, damn. I loved it a lot. So to talk about that a little bit more, um, I really appreciate how she kind of doesn't come back. I like that she just had her moment and kind of subverts expectations that we have of what a Bond girl is. I think she was simply incredible. Every single shot of her on screen was magical. I love how kind of nervous she played. And like well, her like like not drinking. Yeah, no, it was just so, so damn good. But all, all the red herring. Love before it. we get to the plot, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. If you've got a small business, you know there's nothing more valuable than your time. So stop wasting it on trips to the post office. Stamps.com makes it easy to mail and ship right from your computer. Save time and money with Stamps.com. Send letters and packages for less with discounted rates from USPS, UPS, and more. Joey uses Stamps.com all the time for all of our Patreon fulfillment, and she swears by it. Stamps.com brings the service of the U.S. Postal Service and USPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're in an office sending invoices, a side hustle, Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supply or equipment. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk, and with my promo code KINDAFUNNY, you get a special offer that includes a four week trial plus free postage and a digital scale no long-term commitment or contracts just go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in kind of funny that's stamps.com the promo code kind of funny stamps.com never go to the post office again and now andy kick it Plot, James Plot. <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick off the plot to No Time to Die, the final 
of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. We have all the time in the world. Of course, we start off in Norway, I want to say. This is where I tried to go to the bathroom, by the way, when they when they went back to the scene. And I went and I refilled my sodas, came back. The line of the bathroom was so long. I was like, now I have a choice to make, Kevin. It's been an hour and a half. I've had to pee so badly. Do I just go back in that theater and ride the lightning? And it was the wrong choice because from that part out, I was like, I'm riveted by this. I'm stuck here. I almost, yeah, I almost <laughs> just peed myself. Uh, anyway, we start with a young Madeline Swan witnessing the murder of her mother. Uh, this is that that haunting imagery of... Uh, that was of, Norway, uh, I think. Was it Norway? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is his character's name? Dang it. I'm going to have to look it up. But Remy Malik, Mr. I'll just call him Remy oh, Mr. Yeah. Something or other. Anyway, coming out, of course, uh, avenging the death of his family by the hands of Mr. White, who I kept Yo, Mr. White. these movies a bunch of times. I kept thinking Blofeld was her dad. I was like, they let her be with her dad. I'm like, no, he's not her dad. He's just the guy that tried to kill her. Mr. White is her dad. He died in the last one, right? Yes, no. Yep. I had to. Mm-hmm. You better believe I watched some recaps. That's <laughs> smart. That's smart. Anyway, uh, brutal scene where the mom is clearly having a difficult time dealing with the fact that her husband is a murderer. Um, and then Mary Malik comes in and just straight up guns her down. And then for some reason just decides to save Madeline uh, underneath the ice. Uh, and then, of course, is, is sort of connected to her throughout the years. Uh, and then what a great transition, though. Baffin is his name. Excuse me. Yeah. Of, of her under the ice, which under ice scenes are always scary Terrifying. we even got one in skyfall right i think yes skyfall there's that, that yeah, action scene go yeah and get the guy's gun and like, yeah and like he used the little flare and shit to figure out where the hell the, the hole was what an but accurate the, shooter didn't hit her once yeah <laughs> like i like you see her under the water the bullets are flying around her uh the the cut though between her being a little kid under the ice popping up and it cutting to the time jump of her with bond i was like oh this is hype let's go uh course, real quick uh, with uh, for a little science with kev the uh when you shoot a gun in water, the effective range of, like, the deadliness is only, like, a couple feet. And r- you have to remember that she- he's also sh- shooting, shooting shooting through, ice, yeah. through thick ice. And we're talking about, like, two-inch ice. Like, that's all going to make it way less lethal. Basically, Sam, if you want to go into the ice right now, we'll shoot you. You just come out with a couple bruises. You'll be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple uh, surface course, bruises. Yeah. After the scene, we catch up with uh, Madeline and James. After the events of Spectre, they are now over in Italy. Uh, and they're just cruising around, man. Uh, this is during some sort of uh, ceremony where the Italians decide to burn things. Uh, and I've never seen this before. I was not allowed to play with matches growing up. But I'm going to forward this scene to my <laughs> mother and say, see, this is why my childhood was unhappy. Why wouldn't you let me burn all of that furniture that I had to just dust every single summer, every week? My brother got to vacuum. I was like, the vacuuming is the fucking easier job. I got to dust the horse. And if I break it, someone's going to be mad at me. I think it was more of a just a symbolizing. <laughs> like <to> symbolize <laughs> letting go, letting go. Yeah. Uh, of course. Uh, burning things you didn't want to do. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, Madeline wants him to let go of his past with Vesper Lind, who is not over yet. He wants he wants her to go uh, and, and forget to, to their tomb, to her tomb, and forgive her. Um, and Bond's like, well, you got some secrets too, but he'll I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. Um, the next day, of course, he heads over to her tomb. Uh, and when he gets there, he burns a letter that says, forgive me. Um, and as he does that, uh, the, the thing explodes. Oh! I, I like the sound design here as well. Cause he's got that like shell shockedness and trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, it was loud. Kicks off. That explosion but, was loud. Yes. I, yeah, I just, they... I, I slacked you something I would like you to read. It says the tomb goes boom. <laughs> Thank you. Thank You're you for welcome. that. That's what I want. Uh, it's just absurd that they're like, put more explosives, you know? Like, Dude, that would have, that should have killed him. That, that door smacked the, him at about one. Like the abilities that James Bond has is not to get killed by explosive because there are several times where grenades go off 
right next to him. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. he's just, uh, and he and stands also, back up. It's the, like, the ear, all right. The eardrum fortitude on this oh, guy. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be, I would be, I would have no hearing left if an explosion like that went off next to my old ears, but he, he works out. And this uh, scene, I, this scene, you were talking about sound design, impeccable. You know, like the, awesome. this, this, I think is one of the best uh, up there with Saving Private Ryan. Obviously, that is like a much more iconic, better, like overall sure, scene. Sure. Uh, but with this, and just in terms of sound design, I was like, damn, this is the one of the, the better modern uses of that type of ringing effect and like the way that it really disorients us and him. Uh, 100%. Couldn't agree more. This, of course, kicks off a great action sequence with even more great sound design uh, where Bond is chased by Cyclops. He ends up getting the better of Cyclops. And I love this, by the way. It doesn't really have that hard of a problem. Uh, uh, you know, he's still he's been out of the game for five years at this point, but he's there or however many years at this point. Actually, no, I'm sorry. This is, no, this yeah, this right, is right after, after Spectre. Spectre. It's not the time jump is a little bit later when he goes to Jamaica, um, which, by the way, don't let me forget so to explain the, cool, the, yep. the relevance of that later, um, unless you have that. Jim. But um uh, this kicks off a great action sequence with ends with ends with him jumping on a motorcycle. That moment where he goes up the ramp and launches himself, Ugh. which we saw in trailers, but it was a million times. Yeah, fuck. but like also real convenient that all these steps in the middle have that mound so that he yeah. can just drive on it. Now, that's like, how I, they used to do it, Kevin. They used to do it when, back when they built these cities back in the early 12th century. Mm -hmm. They were like, we need to snowboard down these things. Like their stairs yeah, are for suckers. Yeah, when it snows, yeah, we they need did to be say able that. to skate down these things. The ancient yeah, Romans the, were like, oh, we need, to, we need to skate down. We've yeah. seen the sequence so many times in trailers, Every trailer. and it was just as badass. <laughs> as him, diving, him diving at the block as the car comes at him is such a cool effect. Yeah, yeah. that was rad. Anyway, oh, yeah. the amount of car flips in this movie. A lot of car oh, flips. God. That, this the, movie gets the, the car flip two thumbs up from Tim Geddes. Yeah. Um, or, Earlier when I was saying the action got me right away, it was this. It was the, like that car flipping and him diving in that block. Holy shit, that was amazing. And it's and it's important, right? Because at the end of the day, this isn't this is a, a spy like thriller. It's an action thriller, movie, yeah. right? I wouldn't say uh, it's it. an action movie, right? Uh, a spy action movie. And so, you know, that that was one of the disappointing things about Spectre was it was like I'm just like I don't there's nothing for me to really care about here. And even when the action sequences kick up, they're not memorable. Um and these are just fun. They're well directed and of course uh well motivated. He beats Cyclops up. He goes and grabs Lee uh, or he goes and grabs Madeline who he blames for this for double crossing him because she's still got secrets and they're having trust issues. Uh, she has not shared everything, and they go and they get uh, into the uh, Aston Martin, who ha which has a, either a new Aston Martin that's been rebuilt, or some or Q has been working on it for years. I don't understand how he keeps getting these cars. Oh, Jesus but Christ. Andy, I would be pissed off, just beside myself, if it weren't for the fact that he had another fucking Aston Martin that was a later year model, like a '70s Aston Martin that I want to say was from Her Majesty's Secret Service, but don't call me on that chat if I'm wrong. In another storage place in another garage in another in part London. of London. I was like, yeah. you know what? That explains it, Tim. That yeah. explained it. He just yeah. keeps these cars everywhere. That I love it. Sense. Finally, I love they, it. She gets it at they the They watched end and in review. The <laughs> They're like, we're doing this for Nick. <laughs> but again, significance. I could I, be wrong about this. I'm spitballing, but I'm pretty sure that was the make and model of the Aston Martin that he was driving when his wife dies in Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is why that's significant at the end of the movie where when Madeline and his daughter are driving. But I could be wrong about that, Chad. If I'm wrong, never tell me. Anyway, yeah. You get that great sequence that we were talking <laughs> about where everyone everyone surrounds him and they start shooting him. And we've seen this in the trailers. But, of course, Bond is just sort of waiting for, for you know, the emotional proof that Madeline didn't betray him. And, she, and it's such a great scene because he's trying to break her, but she just says, James. And he goes, all right, like I'm being stupid, right? I'm, 
obviously okay yeah i gotta say i gotta get us out of this and then just kicks it up fucking mini guns everything around him and it's at this point if i were cyclops i'd be like this dude put my head into a brick he popped my eye out and now he's got mini guns coming out everywhere i'm just gonna i'm gonna retire what else can this man do what can he do what can he not do my brain is spilling out of my skull right now (laughs) uh of course they end up getting away i can't remember how and they go over to the train station where bond puts madeline they just kind of lose him they just kind of lose him i I mean he do all the smoke the, the caltrops moment that was really cool though so dropping the caltrops cool. underneath and the other car like running ninjas over them. do Ooh. but a car yeah, yeah. that yeah. was dope um and i like the old school buttons too that, that that hit for me uh of course he puts her on the train and she says like how how will i know, how will I know you're safe or something like that and he says you're never going to see me again and mm. the train pulls away and she does that thing where she follows him but eventually the train goes too far and she can't see him anymore and that kicks off title sequence and there is a moment right there that I could have sworn, I don't know if I manifested it within my own brain and my own eyeballs, but I was telling Kevin that, like, I thought that she was pregnant because I could have sworn she, like, grabbed her stomach. She does that. have a, she has a weird placement of her arm, which I was like, that's weird, but I didn't, I I, I, ne- I never put it there. Like, also, I don't know they, if she as would they're know. driving away on the train, like, I could have sworn she kind of grabbed her, like, herself in a way that, kind of indicated hey, she might be pregnant so didn't see the pregnancy plot coming at all Nick that, that, very fucking cool i that was crazy. i love how they set it up with like she constantly is lying about shit and it's yeah. like everyone's like don't trust her yeah uh so uh, here we are time to rank the james bond intro songs and go. visuals currently mm-hmm. number one we have skyfall by adele and i, I just rewatched uh, all of them going into yeah. this and fuck man skyfall holy now, if I'm not mistaken, we gave Skyfall number one for the strength of the song, mm-hmm. which I think is, in my opinion, the best oh, song of all one. the Daniel Craig songs. So it'll be interesting to hear this one. This one, I thought the visuals are great. Still not a huge fan of the Billie Eilish song, though, for, oh, for what so it is. Number one, we have Skyfall from Adele from Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Number two, we have Another Way to Die from Alicia Keys Quantum and Jack Solace. Black uh, from Quantum of Solace. Then we have from Casino Royale, Chris Cornell's You Know My Name, mm-hmm. uh, which is a banger. And then at last place, uh, Distant Force, we have Sam Smith's The Writings right. on the Wall right. from Spectre. Uh, so now where do we want to put No Time to Die from Billie Eilish? Nick, go first. I, I'm inclined to put it right above uh, the Sam Smith song. So no, at number four. I, I loved it. I thought the visuals were amazing, but I just feel like that song... It just is not hype, and it's unfortunate because when I think of the other ones, I think of they're such a they're iconic almost. They're such a, t- a sign of the times. The Chris Cornell song, which you're like, ah, oh, we're coming straight into like the early two thousands for that, or like you know, they're the mid aughts, as Kevin would say. Uh, the the Adele song is a song I sometimes where I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking having a good day right now, Tim. I'm feeling myself. I fire up some fucking Skyfall oh, yeah, because dude. Adele is the only one, Andy. <laughs> She's the only person on this fucking planet that gets me. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. wow. Wow. Interesting. Huge. I, I put it number four. Yeah, this one's weird for me because I I think this one might have the visuals that I enjoyed the most. The gun um, spiraling was fucking sick. My my problem yeah, with it cool. my problem with it is like I don't I I dislike the progression of the song. I wish that it kicked in harder when it does kick in. I think like, you know, you do get some some percussion later on. 
Um, I just need that sort of to be a more impactful band. Like now we're all going right now. But I I do like the song overall. I just kind of wish that it when it did kick in, it was a bit more hype. I would put this at uh, I would put this at number two. Underneath Adele. I really like the Adele song, but just something about the way this all kicked in. I didn't like this song when I heard it just on its own. But with the, the video behind it in that moment, oh, man, it hit real hard. I would put this one as number one. Yeah, for me, uh, I uh, it's probably mid somewhere. I similarly don't love the song, but I think the movie watching it, especially the use of the score, kind of utilizing the aspects of the song and also the song itself kind of being light kind of progression of the James Bond theme itself, I really enjoyed. Um, the biggest problem with it is what Andy's talking about. It lacks an explosion moment. Like hit. Skyfall builds and builds. It's dope the whole time. And then it has that moment where she's like, the Skyfall, and then there's like the choir in the back. Like, come on. Like, that's so right. good. And this movie, it has the ramp, to, or this song has the ramp to it. There's this instru- instrumental break where it's just kind of ratcheting up with the strings and it's going and going. And then it just goes back to Billie Eilish and the same. Like, it needed a, a motherfucking key change yeah. Andy. you know what i'm talking yeah, about you needed, yeah, yeah. needed that where you go i go in part you know yes exactly like that that fun that we're like oh we're not quite done yet and then we're it not ramps done. and it ramps and then it hit yeah and you're like dude skyfall number but one the visuals fucking incredible uh, amazing so so good and and i think that the the mixing of the the this time symbolism the death symbolism the life symbolism the guns turning into the dna helixes and all that stuff go for it did you i mean i could be me- reading a lot into this so, you know, I got to go back and watch it. But there was a lot of the other titles in yeah. this too, which was Good. super cool. You we see got the, the hands, we got the hearts, we got him underwater. So it was, it was very much like, hey, we're, we're bringing all those elements together and this is it. This yeah. is it. Yeah. And because of all that, I put it in number two. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Good is that job, Tim. Great job. Great so, job. so there we go. The, the rankings of the Daniel Craig Bond songs. Number one, Skyfall. Number two, No Time to Die. Number three, Another Way to Die. Number four, You Know My Name. And number five, The Writings on the Wall. Back to it, Nick. Uh, this is where we pick up. And by the way, uh, this is my favorite shot in this movie. And this one might be one of my favorite sequences in this movie. The title comes out in like sort of a, a wipe. And as it wipes, it does like a clock wipe. And then comes straight, and it's the side of that building that those guys are climbing. Yeah. And oh my the, god! Like, this shot. That is this the coolest so fucking shot cool. I've ever seen. And yeah. I love that it's just you. You only see these guys in silhouette, by the way. Like at no point do you. I mean, later in the sequence, you kind of see a little bit of their faces and stuff. It's, but I, I mean, this shit looks Metal Gear as fuck. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fucking gecko suits. The, the way they're fucking coming down too, like upside down, and the camera, like flips with them mm-hmm. so that and they're so they're right side up and we're upside down as they come into the hallway is so cool yeah and they burn oh. they just they, they have those tooth cool things that burn the the window the out. laser goes, yeah it just like drops perfectly did, did we already tree, yeah i thought the glass would have been a lot louder did <laughs> we already <laughs> jump five years later yeah this is five years later yeah, yeah. okay yeah so Once right as start cool yeah however many years later. yeah it's cool an iconic scene but andy like Looked away right at that moment and then <laughs> looked back. And I was like, he definitely, I was like, Andy, Andy, it said jump five years later. And he was like, oh, cool. I missed that. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was, was like, perf- 
It was perfect time of me looking at Nick and Nick, me and Nick both at the same time. Like, that was fucking that was awesome. Fucking like the visuals that was, of that. Yeah. And then Kevin was like, Andy, five years later. I was like, what? Five years later. I, I felt like, like oh. that was an important <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's kind of important. That's so yeah. funny. But what I love about this is this is kind of a, a perfect example of setting the tone of the direction of this movie and like how I think it's just so superior to the direction of the, the prior films because we've seen cool camera shots in, in movies and we're all suckers for that. Every time it's like, oh, spin the camera. We're probably going to be into it, whether it's the Rock and Statham fighting and like doing the suplex and the camera goes with it or in Thor Ragnarok when we get that that throne room shot as it kind of goes up and, and twists. So like to what or even Spider-Verse, right, where we see him kind of like uh, rising Upside up down. as he's falling and all that. Yeah. This shot kind of combined all of those elements in different ways to be something fresh like I have never seen before. Like the fact that they are coming down the uh, skyscraper and the way the cameras flip the other way it's and the way it lingers on the shot of them being right side up, but the skyscrapers that we're seeing behind in the way, way, way yeah. vista are upside down from the sky. It's like, this is so cool. And yeah. again, it goes back to the runtime. This movie allows itself to have cool shots and to establish not just character moments, but like locations in a way that we haven't seen before. So fuck yeah. Absolutely. Um, and by the way, Kevin, you probably the only person in this group that, that has ever done this. Have you ever dropped one of those like four by eight pieces of plywood like if you just hold them up and you let them tip over they go like yes, this man. yeah like they actually catch wind they don't yeah, slam yeah, yeah. down this they do exactly what this glass they wish it kind of the wind underneath it pressed it up and it kind of like floated so down cool. i was like that yep. was freaking cool uh anyway they go in and they gotta steal the mcguffin here uh including uh dr valdo over overchev uh, who gets a call right before all this stuff happens from from Saffron, who was like, uh, hey, hold on, hold on, let's back up a little bit. Right before the call, he gets pranked by a bunch of assholes. You He's know what I mean? And he bad. lets them die because maybe they deserve it. I don't know. Oh, wow. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Andy. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying shit, you know? Let that be a, a message to Snowbike Mike when he starts the new studio. Don't prank kevin or you'll yeah. do it do not do it uh this whole sequence is really really cool this is one of the moments though i wish that they did not need to have him talk because as they shoot the magnets down the uh they steal the whole thing kill everyone else kidnap him because they need him to program this stuff and then they shoot a bunch of magnets down the elevator and we get it <laughs> the guy jumps down the first guy jumps down and he stops and then obervich goes magnets i'm like it doesn't it didn't matter what it was nick we do you know our- what happened you know do you know what happened three seconds before Oberdin says magnets what you said magnets i looked over at andy i grabbed her i said magnets yes you know what dude this is the shit better mission impossible fallout when they had the magnet magnetic vest remember and he had to jump down the thing and he had kept magnetizing himself that was cool stealing shit no but but i'm but i'm telling you this is kind of what this franchise has been missing for me i need sequences like this to be like that is clever as hell because i I think Mission Impossible has those moments in spades. And we got that moment early on in the movie. I'm like, hey, I'm already on board. Everything you've showed me so far, I'm stoked about it. But this is some cool as hell shit because yeah. I thought they were going to be bombs. I thought it, I thought there were mines planning around that were going to explode or do some shit. But the whole technology behind it is some dope-ass stuff. I well, honestly think that this sequence of like this bad guy heist coming in and, and jacking everything was one of the coolest I think I've ever seen. Like, with them rappelling down, with them getting this giant spike thing, dropping it, and it... And then the way... It was so quick and action-packed and fucking amazing. 
Like yeah. shout outs to them. Like they they really made something really spectacular with this. Very cool. And of course, I'm I'm teasing. Of course, I just that you have to have a line occasionally to explain what the hell's going on for for the uninitiated. But the visuals of this very very cool. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, they make off and we catch up with Bond, who is wearing a very 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 short shirt in this. Why just, you just see his little belly line like? <laughs> so funny Nick, did you steal this from a child did, is this what a gray shirt what the fuck this happened is, here this is how cutoffs become a thing it's slowly and over time just slowly over time yeah it, it works upward. its way up it works its way up don't fight it i'm not gonna fight it ever kevin i'm wearing one right now underneath my uh crew neck sweatshirt i know, I know. God, uh, hold, on, hold, on, hold on hold on yeah, yeah yeah sorry 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 we just somehow blew right past one of the first scenes in the movie really uh the first time we see daniel craig and he is just uh, when he's like looking over the water when she's in the water and oh, he is right. wearing impossibly small little briefs and i i, I heard nick made a guttural sound like, <laughs> we're gonna yeah. we're gonna have to rank those abs because like really this all began with daniel craig and casino royale walking out of that water oh yeah were they born born in labs now it's time to rank those abs what's up everybody welcome back to rank those abs here for the James Bond universe. I actually think we did have a list of this, Tim. So if you want to vamp for a second, I can probably try to look it up. Uh, but I, I will say, say they didn't uh, lament. They didn't linger on the abs a lot in this one. And that's because he's old as shit. And but he, I feel look, like, he still looks great, though. His his chest and his I mean, upper abs. Is he abs a fit old man? Cut. 100%. But he's got old man skin. If you look at it. Oh, I, no way. Kevin, you're I, being I really, crazy right now. Dude, I crazy. really feel like. I really feel like. The makeout scenes with Madeline in the like that happened right after this, like they're running in the hotel, like it looked weird because he's so old, that gray hair, and he just does, like it's. Tim, it I'm gonna need you to have. I'm gonna need you to have like a really like tough talk with Kevin after this, like some yeah. sort of employee boss review. Like this is crazy right now. I'm. It's just simply unacceptable. He looked amazing. I, I no. think he looked amazing. I will agree with Kevin that I'm like this might be the tip of. This might be the farthest out we can have Daniel Craig making out with someone who looks like she's his daughter and but then hanging out with his Here's the problem, grandkid. though. She just looks younger than she is. She's 36 in real life. How old is Daniel okay, Craig? Okay, he's like 60, isn't he? I have no idea. No, that, he's not 60. But she I looks like she's like Tom Cruise 24. And you don't think he's as old as Tom Cruise? Daniel Come on. Craig is 53. 53. 53 is pretty much 60. No, no. They they do say 53 is the new You think when Nick turns 53, we're going to be making fun of him less than when he's 60? Like, it's the same thing. Once you're over 50, you know? Every year over 50, it's going to get exponentially Uh worse. The tomato's too soft. The tomato's too soft at that point. Uh, I thought he looked phenomenal in this. Because it loses its firmness like an old person. Oh, you mean it prunes up and wrinkles? And yeah. You have to throw it out yeah. in the garbage. You yeah, touch it, you're like, oh, that doesn't feel firm. That's something wrong with that tomato. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I think he looked, he probably looked the best he's ever looked in Casino Royale because he was youngest. He looks great in Skyfall as well, though. When he comes out of the pool and he's just sitting there in the pool and you see his back muscles and you're like, Jesus Christ, dude. We've got an ageist here. I can't believe this. This what is the heck's going on. You know, the one thing I'm going to critique about this movie in terms of somebody's look, they don't give him the eye shot they give it to the kid and the kid deserves it because those fucking baby blues are fantastic but daniel craig's eyes are piercing piercing. and i i I, you know when you're looking at the overall package i feel like this movie but they didn't give it to him they didn't give him that like moment with his eyes anyway back to the plot uh bond is in jamaica here and for anyone who uh is is a fan of bond or especially the books um this holds a little special place i don't i can't remember i think 
we've been to Jamaica before. I can't remember one of the movies that took us there, but in the books, of course, Bond was based out of Jamaica, um, and he ran a. He, his cover was the Universal Exports, which we saw a little bit in Quantum of Solace. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Ian Fleming, who wrote the Bond books, lived in Jamaica, and his and his estate Goldeneye was there. That's where he wrote all the books. Uh, so he had a special place in his heart for it. So that's what he wrote into this. So it's cool to see Bond sort of ending, uh, you know, sort of metaphorically ending his 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 career where it began. Um, yeah. And of course, Jamaica is just a beautiful place to shoot. I thought that was really cool. What, didn't Ian Fleming, what was the area that he bought, uh, like the state? And wasn't that also where 007's retirement home was? Uh, in- I maybe. I, I, Goldeneye, look, the actual estate Goldeneye looks different than that. Um, if mm-hmm. you if you Google it, I don't I don't think that was I don't think it was the same place, but, but it could have been. I I, I caught that you as well, and it, I thought that way. was oh really? Oh, that's yeah, cool. For a while, I believe you could that rent seems... Ian Fleming's house. It's like yeah. small; it's not that huge. But oh, I always no. wanted to go do that and just get hammered on March on. Uh, that would be so Michael cool. Martini's. Let's do that. Let's go podcast. Yeah, 100% I'm all in. That'd be fucking rad. Uh, anyway, he's there, and he gets uh, he sees a cigar, and immediately realizes that his old buddy Felix Leiter is there. So he goes uh, over and meets him. Uh, I forgot how he. Oh, he he picks up a tail and he realizes that he's there. And I love that Tim's wearing shorts. By the way, let's not call attention to the fact that Tim looks like he's part of a ska band. Um, there it is. But let's do call attention to the fact that Greg Miller finally announced uh, the news that Benjamin James Miller has arrived. Yay! DJ Miller, baby. Everybody, go send Greg and Jen DJ Blaskovitz for love their uh, the arrival it. of their first Bambi. No, Benji. I'm gonna call him Benji because I like that. Or Obi Wan Kenobi. On, Benji and the Jets. Ben Kenobi Miller. Um, that's great. We're very happy for him. Uh, so we're in Jamaica. He he catches up with Felix Leiter. And to, to Kevin's earlier point, the Leiter character, like, in the other movies, you would, if you blink, you're like, oh, that's Felix Leiter? I didn't realize that. Jeffrey Wright has such, he does such a great job making this role three-dimensional and making this character a person that I'm like, I would, I would watch this series if it was a Felix Leiter series, right? Mm-hmm. He's fun. He's he comes off like he's like he's he can be serious, he can be intimidating, he can also be like kind of silly. And this scene where he's like, let's go someplace quiet, and they go to this bar to get hammered. And they're just they're buddies, man. Like they're Love they're it. you know, it it's great. Uh they have great chemistry and and you know, you're gonna I'm gonna miss both these characters when they're gone. Uh but anyway, they go to this and as they walk into the bar, uh who do we spot? We see the new 007 walk by him and sort of check him out. For a hot second, um, and as she is, of course, on on uh, on patrol from MI6, Felix Leiter comes and says, "Listen, we've lost the scientist. We've, this this thing happened. I need your help getting him back uh, for old times' sake." And Bond's like, "Dude, I am retired. Sorry, no big deal." And then they brought this dude that comes in and smiles a lot, and I'm like, "This guy's got to be a bad guy because if he's not, he's the worst casting ever. He's going to ruin this movie." I fucking love that actor. He was in uh, some fairy tale movie, and he plays this. Oh, Aladdin. He was in Aladdin. Was You're he? right. Yeah. You're right. He was Aladdin. the other other prince that was the trying other to prince. marry Jasmine, like the uh, douchey one. Interesting. Yeah, and yeah. he plays that character so well. And I feel like it felt out of place, but once we knew what was going on, like I enjoyed it. And I liked that he, the smile didn't go away once it was revealed that he was actually on Siphon's side. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the, uh, you're, you're oh, uh, muted, Andy. I wish they didn't steal ideas from Fast and Furious because it just reminded me of Scott Eastwood, you know. It, like get it out does, of yeah, yeah. Get these concepts out of here. Quit stealing ideas from these the better espionage movie. Get these concepts out of here. <laughs> oh, espionage. We're going to call Fast and Furious an espionage movie. Love it. Big Love word. it. That's a big word that Vin Diesel has. <laughs> uh, 
of course, as he leaves, uh, he goes to his cool, like, Land Rover or whatever he, he has there. And it won't start. And who should pull up right next to him? Uh, Nomi, who's, who's the new, uh, that's her that's her first name. She's the new 007. She pulls up and asks him if he wants to ride on the scooter. And he's like, sure, why not? And, you know, Bond is like, sure, you know, I'm a sexy guy in a sexy place. Let's see he what knew. this plays he out. He knew right away. He of knew right he away. And as he, as he walks through, of course, she uh, they, she goes, oh, is that the bedroom? And he's like, huh? And he walks in and she takes off. Uh, she's, she's wearing, a, I think, a wig. A wig, yeah. Off, and she's like hey, what's up, and starts speaking with her amazing English accent, and it is great. Drops drops the the, the proverbial um, facade and says, listen, stay at, stay in your lane, Bond, because this Project Hercules thing is, you're, you're old, you're retired, just don't do any of this shit, stay out of my way, or I'll shoot you in the fucking knee, <laughs> I believe was the threat. Uh, yeah. And he's like, cool. And then, of course, he thinks about it for a second, and he calls Felix Leiter, and he's like, I'm in. And that is where we head over Wait, to... Wait, no, hold on, because... We get the excitement from Felix on the phone being like, yeah. And it's like, yeah. God, Felix, you're so good. He's fun. Great. I could not be more impressed with how they handled both Anna Armis as a new take on a Bond girl and uh, this new 007. Like, I, we knew it from the trailers that we were going to get this and there was going to be the, the, the expected rivalry between James Bond and her. And like, what does this mean? She has the new car. She has the new tech, all that stuff. And I really love it. Like, we just watched Cars 3 for in review a month or two ago. And like, it's a similar type of dynamic, right? Of like having to get used to it. Like what relationship are they going to have? I thought that they really did something that I haven't seen before with this of showing the respect between that they each have for each other and playing it where it felt realistic. It felt not like some type of contrived, like forced mentorship type thing, or, right. you know, her being this hot shot that is like eventually like fucks something up. And she's like, Oh, well, I guess you're actually better than me by the end of it. It's like, they're both, they both just respect each other and they're both just yeah. dope, which is great. And I want to I want to do I want to point out sort of something that I think was a, a make good from uh, Quantum of Solace, right, where we had Gemma Arterton's character kind of come in and be a very disposable Bond girl, so much so to the point that she kind of comes in, does one thing and then gets killed and covered in oil, which at the time was an homage to Goldfinger, who, who, who had killed someone as a message to Bond covering her in gold. But in this one, a lot of people had that criticism, like, oh, wow, that character was just heavily underutilized. And so in this one, I love that he cuts over to Cuba and we get the same vibe, right? So when he picks up, I forget uh, Gemma Arterton's character, and I think it was like Strawberry something. Uh, Strawberry Fields, maybe, might, might have been her name. Again, another generic thing. We get that yeah, vibe. Yeah, it was. Right? We, we talked, about, I was, as I was scrolling through our old video, I mentioned uh, her. So you nailed it, Nick. Great job. Um, of course, you know, we get that same vibe. Someone who's inexperienced, someone who's this. He asks her, oh, this is your first job. She's like, yeah, I've only had three weeks of training. Uh, we get a moment where she sort of, he he's sort of confused as to whether or not she's trying to address him. And she goes, no, no, I just want you to wear this amazing tuxedo. And then, of course, they walk right across the street. And I love the look of Cuba in this movie and the streets and, like, the rawness of it. And then these two beautiful human beings walking across in, like, thousands of dollars worth of evening wear uh, right across the street over there. Of course, she feigns nervousness. And he goes, maybe we'll get a drink. Drinks the iconic, very subtle Bacon, vodka martini not shake, stirred. Not stirred, with a little twist of lemon, which which he which was a Bond's thing that or Daniel Craig's thing that they added to this. Uh, and then she downs it, of course, real quick. And you're like, oh, she's not doing very well. But then, of course, as the scene progresses, they get the earpieces. We get the whole thing where uh, they go up and they find, uh, or we see uh, uh, the scientist Jobaroff. What is his name? Have uh, we named Oberoff, once Oberchef. what the actual disease is? Uh, Project Hercules is what it was called. Hercules. Heracles. 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 Yeah. Not Heracles. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Heracles. I read that wrong. Weird. Okay. 
anyway uh this Fox is a great back. scene they put the things in we're hearing them talking but then of course she's like i'm gonna patch you in with other things and we can hear we start hearing the specters people talk and then we hear blofeld talking and then we see someone walking around with an eye on a pillow and i'm like that oh, is fucking, fucking cool. cool right of course uh, her name is uh, agent paloma by the way which is one of my favorite drinks i love that um <laughs> walking around. i just made me think like every time he said oh no, yeah paloma, you like palomas like, yeah i got all the leader after this very very good uh and then we kick it off right the action sequence kicks off and it or actually i'm sorry before that we get one of another great sequence where he's hearing him talk and he's like holy shit that's blowfield and then all of a sudden the attention turns toward bond the spotlight hits him and he realizes holy shit this whole thing was a setup for me but Orbachev has designed this drug not to kill james bond like it was supposed to he has designed it to kill uh perseverance orders every member of specter and it seems like gathering all of them in one party just to, as a as a general hang for blowfield's birthday not a great idea maybe not the best organizational tactics if you remember in quantum they only got together very rarely to discuss very important matters and when they did they were all scattered about in, in hiding in plain sight at the opera with the earpiece there um and then as soon as the second anyone recognized they were there they all just scattered and went away except for mr white who's smart enough to realize maybe he doesn't know who i am i'm gonna sit in this crowd for a little bit shout out to mr white cool villain uh anyway shit goes down and paloma it turns out maybe has had more than a few weeks of training because she drop kicks a motherfucker and then picks oh up God, the dopest so cool. mp7 and handgun and just starts handling shit and I love how this scene progresses because, of course, 007 comes and she tries to get overdrive and we're playing kind of like hot potato with the scientist. Uh, she's awesome. She's wrecking shit from the outside. Bond takes a moment, pours himself a Jack Daniels and slides one over to Paloma. They cheers, you know, uh, take so a shot badass. and then head right back into the action where she's like, we're going to need a car. She finds one. She uses it to smash into the uh, the, the scaffolding that's been put outside and Oberchef falls into her lap uh much to the chagrin of uh of 007 who has lost him uh, lost him to bond uh and they tear off but before they do of course uh a nice little touch paloma looks over and sees a cuban cigar sitting on the seat next to her and takes it and gives it to bond for felix and that's cool nope. and then she goes i'll see you next time and that is it for her so fucking cool so fucking cool i want to pause right now because i just like it's as we're doing this plot recap that i'm really realizing I fucking love this movie. This mm -hmm. every single scene we've talked about so far is incredible. Amazing. There's there's like probably this this whole Paloma fight with the eyeball, all that stuff. Before that, the uh, kind of invasion into the skyscraper, all that. Before that, the horror intro that goes on forever with a super dope Bond intro. Hell yeah, no time to die. You fucking did it. Please continue, Nick. And I, uh, I just I also want to point out that I love how this movie can take itself not seriously and not feel lame easy yeah uh, yeah because i taking the drinks and shit it's easy to roll your eyes at moments like that when a movie is kind of grounded and in a serious way right the tone of this is is pretty serious but i love that moment of taking the drinks and and i think that sort of continues on throughout the rest of the movie there are several other moments where a stupid line is said but it's it's good and it's funny it and works. you laugh and you go like this is a great little this is a great little moment of, of, of levity in this really intense uh, shooty shootout or whatever. Yeah, this this I mean, movie's great, man. I, I love it for the look that he gives after he takes the drink, which is that it, he needed it. Because remember, he hasn't done anything like this in five years. And it's been, he's a little worse for the wear, right? And all uh, these new kids are running around just fucking running, like lapping his ass. And so also, he has that moment where he takes it and slams it down. He's like, all right, get back out there. Like, like he it's also, the third round. 
He also just witnessed all these people's fucking face melt. Melt off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. him if yeah. that's new, dude. He's yeah. seen people bleeding from the eyes and shit. He doesn't care about that anymore. Uh, we cut back over to uh, him. He, by the way, he's, I love the touch that he steals 007's plane uh, and takes him over to a barge where Felix Leiter and Logan Ash are waiting. Of course, this is where we realize that Logan Ash was, in fact, working for Safin the entire time. He betrays them, shoots Felix Leiter, and then sinks the boat. And we have a gut-wrenching scene where Bond tries to save Felix, and Felix just says, let me go. Um, go save yourself and dies in his arms one more time. Uh, and Bond uh, has to wait for the whole thing to start sinking. I thought he was going to swim out the back, but he ends up just op- somehow opening the door of the, the thing that didn't, wouldn't open before. Little pet peeve of mine. I'm like, we saw him lock that door. You're dead. Doesn't matter. He he manages to escape um, and then gets saved by a big barge. That was a different door because that was, was a door that was on the level that he was on. Oh, okay. And the door that he got went down was downstairs. Copy that. Right. Uh, but uh-huh. man, this scene really got me. Like, again, moments earlier, I was like, I fucking love Felix. Mm -hmm. And then he gets shot. And then it's very quickly like, oh, he's not making it out of here. And -hmm. like Bond, like you see Bond, you know, not wrestling with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's like, no, we're going to figure it out. And Felix is the one that has to be like, you know, what does he say? Like, it's been a good life, hasn't it? Or something. And it's just like. Good wow, yeah, you guys really fucking got me, Jesus! Yeah, yeah it's good that, stuff. That, yeah. that hurt. That hurt too. And end of an era, feelings. Uh, we did miss a moment here that I want to call back. I think we missed a couple scenes here between M and maybe Money Penny. Um, I'm struggling to remember what they were, but I do remember a moment that I think I glossed over where uh, Ray finds his character says, "Get me Bond." Yeah, but he's not referring to Daniel Craig. He's not. Yeah, or get me 007 is what he says. Excuse me, not Bond. Get me 007. He's not referring to Bond, and that's when. uh, And then, of course, we we catch up with with uh, with the new 007. I don't think we'll like. I'll remember this later. So I just this is there's there's the moment where he's on the phone with her. Actually, it might be here where he's like she's like permission to. that's kill later. or capture when she, goes order. To get, to go, when she goes to find Logan Ash, she goes capture or kill order. And he's like, thank you for asking. Yeah. And he's it's like, just such a like. never paid me that courtesy or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah. That's like, well, I, I thought that was so cool. That was yeah. Cool. That was cool. And, and I love that too, right? She's by the book. And of course, Bond wasn't by the book. And, and you get that fun relationship where they learn from each other in this, which is good. Uh, we cut back over and Bond uh, just walks right in. I think. I think he walks in MI6 either that or he goes to Money Penny first. I can't remember. At one point we get we get him coming into MI6 and he walks up to the teller and he's like name and he goes, I think he says Bond. And the guy's like, hmm? And he goes, James Bond. Yeah. And the guy goes, Oh, right. And then he gives him his visitor pass to MI6. <laughs> he, he was once well known and now everyone's just forgotten him. Uh, of course he heads up and he's got a banger of a scene with Ray Fiennes here. Of course he says hi to Money Penny, which is uh, which is huge. And then it has a great scene where he's like, did this desk get smaller? Or maybe you got smaller. And then they give it's each other shit. Bigger. He's like, stay the fuck out of my way, man. Stay out of the way. You can't like, you gotta be doing this stuff. You gotta help us out. And Bond's like, no, I'm not gonna help you. I'll do my own thing. And then as he's leaving the room, he goes, it definitely wasn't the desk that got smaller. And I'm like, that, that got bigger. What's that? Oh, did the no. desk get bigger? That's what it was. I'm sorry. Did yeah. this desk? Has that, he's like, has this desk always been this size? Or basically inferring like, or did you just get smaller? Yeah. And then he's like, it wasn't the desk. You got smaller, motherfucker. So great though when they. <laughs> I mean, it's later on. We'll talk about it later. I just love when they reconvene and then Q was like, Bond. Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Like, oh, <laughs> oh my god, go. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from here, I believe we go over to. Uh, 
<coughs> excuse me uh we go over to we'll just go over to q's house from here and q set himself up for a little date and he's like it's never a nine-to-five job is it i'm like hey man welcome to the wonderful world of online content creation mm-hmm. where sometimes <laughs> there's a dc fandom thing happening on a saturday and you're like are we doing he, that i don't know he wasn't on a date with money penny right no he was waiting for i think the inference that he was waiting for a gentleman to come over mm-hmm. yeah uh. Which I thought was nice. Which was hinted uh, at in the other movies, but like yeah, kind of hinted in the other. Drove movie. it home. And this one, he was yeah. like, he said something about you know he's he's going to be here any second, and I was like, uh, I, I, re- I relate to Q apartment that Q lives in. By oh, the way, yeah, I loved it. I relate and to Q cat. a lot in the ways of the hair, where it's like you're going to get to a certain point, Andy, where you got to get an adult haircut. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Q, yes, Q does not have that. Q has looked. Q in the earlier movies, very, very young looking and had the hair to match it. But now he's aging. He looks he looks more distinguished. He looks, you know, upper 30s, lower 40s. But the hair is still kind of kind of, you know, he's he's got the cuteness to it or whatever. Maybe just, you know, get a little fade or something. It's still like kind of Harry Potter looking is what I'm saying. That's so let's funny. figure something out there. Q. Let's figure Nick, something out. what's the deal with this cat? Is this a reference? Because, like, this is one of those watching Scream versus watching scary movie things where it's, like, Austin Powers and this. Like, because Dr. No, Evil I, has the cat. Is that is that cat in any... Blowfield Blow also had, had a cat, cat but the cat yeah, was a it was white, white. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a hairless cat. So maybe it was a little nod to Dr. Evil from Austin yeah. Powers, right? Because didn't he have a hairless cat in that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mr. Wigglesworth. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Wigglesworth. Wigglesworth, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so stupid <sighs> if that is if that is a nod to that put this at number one <laughs> right like if they had the balls well, to put fucking a fucking austin powers homage but, in this movie that is like that is some ins- that is some crazy meta shit that i would not even thought about in in the first austin powers movie the cat was white it was the like cryogenic freezing process that made it that made hairless. hairless right yeah. or wait the first movie there is a jump in time too yeah, that's so. Yeah, that right. was the first movie. Yeah. You're, you're right. So yeah. it was very much Blofeld's cat. And <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. I, you know what? We're gonna start that rumor right now. If it's not, yep. th- that is a hidden Easter egg for Austin Powers. Fans. Andy, get on TikTok. Did get you know TikTok. that the cat and <laughs> so funny? Anyway, uh, they take the bionic eye, which is hilarious. They were the of Cyclopses, and they give it to him to to do some work on. And then of course he gives him the uh, little what you call it doohickey. Uh, USB thing that uh, he took from Oprachev's butt that he swallowed right. that he must have pooped out uh, and gave it to him. And that, of course, filled in all the, the extra data that Oberchev had uh, erased. No, they, What's up? They, like, didn't they smack him in the face while he was trying to eat it when they were trying to like abduct him and he spills yeah, but remember, it remember, he already ate it once. Yeah, it was already in the butt at one point. He keeps putting this thing up his, like in his mouth and down his butt. Uh, it his it was in the d- digestive system at one point. I'd be I, worried about how are we making contact here with these USB drives? Are they that sort of infallible that it can go through your digestive? Maybe he well, vomited my, it. I don't know. My question is why? If you, if you think that you're going to have to keep swallowing something, switch it over to one of those ones that's like this big, right, Kev? You know, they have the USB drives that are just tiny little caps. You don't need right one here. that's like right a full here. thumb drive. Hey, wrap it, in, wrap yeah, it in saran wrap. Kevin, know? swallow that right now and tell me how long it takes to get through your system. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, anyway, they divine from here. Hey, this is this is the MacGuffin Project Heracles. Heracles. Excuse me. <laughs> Hercules. 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 Uh, Project. I'm just gonna call it Hercules. I can't say the other word. Uh, is is an is nanobots. 
and this missing data filled in all the DNA. And now he's got thousands and thousands and thousands of people's DNA. And this is a thing that can just pass between people and kill the one on contact. And you can never get rid of it. And in my opinion, it's kind of a terrible MacGuffin, but it's scary nonetheless. So he's like, we got to find Oberchef. Uh, and I can find him because uh, the guy that shot Felix and betrayed me is Logan Ash. Um, and so that's, we got to find that guy first. Uh, the only way we can find him is we got to go to, to Blofeld. And the only person who's allowed to see Blofeld, though, or I guess he doesn't know about, he doesn't really talk. He tells 007 about Logan Ash to go after her, to find him. Meanwhile, he's like, I'm going to go talk to Blofeld. The only person that can get in close to him, which is ridiculous, is Madeline, his therapist. And you're like, I don't understand how this relationship works out because no one in their right mind would let this person who's been through all this shit with him anywhere close to him. But she's allowed to do it. Uh, before that happens, though, we get a little uh, visit from her, but Wait. from Safran, who reveals that he is Safin. Sorry, that- re- really quick. What was the relationship that they had together? Madeline they- and Blofeld. Uh, he was, I can't his, remember. Her dad was partners with Blofeld. Her dad, Blofeld ran Spectre. And Mr. White was like the chief agent for Spectre, but they had double crossed him to try but and take it down. Had they had they interacted? Yeah, Inspector. They went up against each other. So they knew each other. Yeah. She oh, helped yeah. James Bond like beat him Inspector and blew him up and then blew half his face off. So it was face one of those things where I'm like, I don't off. think this is it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is a healthy relationship that we should be nurturing, but you know what? For the sake of the plot, here's here we go. Safin comes in and, and shows her the mask and is like, I'm the guy that saved you. Shout out to me. Uh, also, your life is mine now. Spray yourself down with some of this Chanel number five and go touch Blowfield and kill him for me, or I'll kill James Bond. I was pretty confused as Kevin was because I, it seemed like, hey, um, Madeline, you have a client here. He's kind of weird. Oh, don't say that. And it seemed like, have they ever talked to each other before? No, Safin and him had not talked to each other. Safin and her. Her, excuse me. Yeah, okay, okay, she okay. and Safin had not. Got he it. had left her alone and was just sort of silently stalking her for her entire life. Got it. And then finally now was like, you're going to do this for me, basically, because I saved your life. Yeah. Now, if not, I'll kill James Bond. Uh, so she does, and, and we get a, a meeting of the minds there. They go to the prison, which is a creepy, very claustrophobic prison for me. Kevin, for kind of funny. Uh, do we know anything about her life in between being saved and the last movie? They went like, into her backstory a little bit because her dad was alive still. So don't forget, like, Mr. White was, like, not so there. She he w- didn't get killed. And so she, he – what's up? She was raised by Spectre. I or don't like, think I mean, so. When him- we catch up – when we catch up to her inspector, she's like, I'm trying to distance myself from my dad. He's a bad guy. I'm not a Spectre agent. She was a therapist in the movie. Aspen, yeah, right? she was in Aspen, which again was a callback to um a callback to On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which happens in Aspen, I believe. I think it's or it's it's a snowy area where he goes to a clinic that looks exactly like the clinic she starts off at. So a lot of mm. homages. There, yeah, I'm reading. Really At some cool. point, she estranged herself from her father and quit all contacts. She received her medical training from Oxford University and the Sorbonne, Sorbonne? I don't know how to pronounce mm-hmm. that. She later became a consultant in Sorbet. psychiatry and as someone who, and as such, worked two years with Medicine Sans Frontiers. Uh, Doctors uh, Without Borders. Yeah. Yeah, but I was thinking of the, the, the yeah, middle the thing. False yeah, Terry yeah. Blay. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, Let's see. Where do we leave off here? Oh, so they go to the prison, and of course she can't do it. The great scene here where he's like, Bond, don't lose it. And he's like, I, I never miss. And then turns the corner and sees miss. her and immediately freezes. Um, it's a tough one. I never freeze. Sorry. No, I never miss. God, I'm terrible <laughs> today. I never freeze. And he freezes. Uh 
they see each other and of course uh, they're they're it's very cold uh and then when she goes into the room she she realizes she can't kill him but she's already touched bond and that now the the assassination drug has, has uh, or the nanobots have passed the bond and then bond has this great uh, meeting with blofeld um and they just kind of he like kind of lays it down and he's like matilda has all the answers bro it's all her everything's her and then bond's like you're pissing me off so i'm gonna strangle you to death but then stops himself and tanner poor tanner is like dude you just lost all yeah. leverage you possibly had on him and also his face is bleeding and they look over and he's like oh shit i thought that was a metaphor but no his face is bleeding he's dead uh blowfield kind of goes out unceremoniously which i don't know if i, I love i you feel know? like i expected uh james to like feel a lot more because he had a relationship with blow yeah they were brothers basically yeah yeah to certain anyway, heights, then he thought it was dead i thought there was going to be a much bigger sort of twist with how madeline left that area and was like you shouldn't be here you know be careful and i thought like i thought it was going to be one of those winter soldier type moments well I mean, uh, th- when he gets broken out or like i just thought it was going to have a much bigger impact and i guess killing oberfeld is a or what's blofeld. his name blofeld, blofeld. Killing killing Blofeld is a pretty big moment, but I I thought there was going to be a much bigger sort of like, oh, everybody, we're all compromised, like one of those Mission Impossible type moments. I appreciate the simplicity of it because I, especially (laughs) this being the kind of wrap up of this franchise, like I like that, cool, they they kill Felix, they kill Blofeld, they kill Spectre. It's like they really kind of buttoned up a lot of things. And I think that if they added like kind of plot twists on plot twists on plot twists, at some point it would what i don't like about some of the previous movies of being too convoluted this is a little simple and him just kind of dying the way he did kind of just felt fast but i think overall i appreciate it contextually within the rest of the film um i thought it was kind of oh i thought it was kind of silly that like uh what the is it mi6 it was just like oh we don't know where she went and like james is like i know where she went you know, mm-hmm. like um, they, they couldn't figure out where her like family home was. Yeah, they're like this home she's owned and probably filed taxes at for <laughs> the better part of 30. How old was she, Tim? 36. 36. Uh, anyway, oh, by the way, at this point, he uh, Blofeld tells him that Vesper, the whole bomb thing. He's like, that was me. I was just fucking with you, trying to make, get you to not to, to like distrust Madeline. Uh, and then Bond, like, that's bro, what causes like, Bond super to obvious. Him. Yeah, I know. Everyone should have known that Bond yeah. too. But anyway, uh, Bond from there heads over and he tracks uh, Madeline down to her childhood home in Norway. Uh, and then when he pops in, he learns she's got a little Bambino. A little Bambino named nope, Matilda. that's not what that means. <laughs> that means a little... There you go. A little Bambina uh, named Matilda. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, Tim. You want to you say, Nick, names are confusing? I agree. Because Madeline and Matilda very close to each other, and I kept getting confused every single mm-hmm. time. I was like, "What is her name? Isn't Matt? Isn't Matilda short for Madeline or Maddie? I don't know. Don't name your kid something distinctive, for Christ's sake, or if mm-hmm. you want me to remember mm-hmm. it, for God's sakes." Great eyes, though, and of course, this is a great scene where he's like, he immediately knows it's his kid, and she's like, "It's not your kid." And he goes, "What about the blue eyes?" She's like, "Well, you, fuck you. Other people have blue eyes." Meanwhile, uh, my wife sitting next to me, be like, "That's his fucking kid. That kid's the got the most piercing I love eyes it. I've ever seen in my entire life." Uh, yeah, I was th- sitting there trying to do the mental math, and I was like, "All right, that kid would have to be around like four four years." Yeah. Does it look four years? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea like? how to gauge children's age. It's just it's all a mystery unless they're like ten. I mean, here's my problem, Kevin. I grew up in the '80s and '90s when high school kids were all played by 35 year olds. So every time I'd go out in public. <laughs> 
see someone who was working a, a normal job, I'd be like, are you my contemporary? Am I supposed to look like you? <laughs> Very weird. Anyway, uh, this is a great scene. Uh, they sleep together, and the next morning, uh, the kid wakes him up. She's like, I'm hungry. And so he cooks his daughter breakfast, which is very, very cute. Uh, and Madeline's watching. And, she, and it's a great scene. A lot of subtext in this where she's kind of watching, and she's like, I don't really know how to deal with this scene because it's endearing and amazing, but also, like, there's no way this is going to work out. Uh, Bond calls um, uh, into M, and he's like, how's it going with Logan Ash? 007's on the trail. That's where we get that great scene where she has permission to capture or kill him. Uh, when uh, Q hacks into the bionic eye and uh, and finds Logan Ash in an area, uh, so they track his bio, or they, they track the, uh, the eye and where it's at. And Bond says, hey, can you give me an update on where uh, Logan Ash is? And he's like, oh, I'll send it to your phone right now. And it turns out Logan Ash is like a mile away from him. And he goes, cool. no, 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 I wanted, you, I wanted Ash's location, not mine. And then he realizes, oh, shit, they're coming oh, for me. shit. Yeah, this was so, one of those moments that I think the whole theater kind of had that gasp of like, oh, my God. Oh, shit, he's on the way. Why am I so scared of this white dude? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, if it was Rami Malik, maybe, or, or whatever. But obviously, this dude is, like, twisted, and, and he's he's coming for him. So I knew that, like, this is going to kick in into a really neat sequence, and I can't wait to see what happens because it's going to – you got the kid – also that, how, that's what, why we're scared like yeah. that's the thing is like the audience had that feeling because they immediately set up the stakes perfectly of wow we we believe this story we believe james loves this woman and now there's this child involved so it's like the stakes are raised so even this like lame ass white bad guy the skinny dude's gonna come it's like that guy can easily kill this child so there there is that fear there yeah um i i did think you know, there was a moment where uh she's like oh i got a mosquito bite I thought and then the kid later, was gonna die. she's like, "Do mosquitoes have friends?" And I was like, uh, "Is she Blofeld's kid?" Like, <laughs> what, what, you know. And now she's got a little bit of this. Fuck. That's yeah, what I thought too. I, thought, I got I was scared. Like, I didn't like I it. I thought the kid was gonna bleed out of the eyes, and I was like, "Damn, that's gonna get real dark real mm -hmm. fast." Mm -hmm. Anyway, this kicks off a, another car chase sequence, which I didn't love this as much because it's mostly just Bond making these uh, SUVs go off of ramps and shit and fall over the place. But I did like it when they get out and he starts taking people on in the fog, uh, not the least of which he clotheslines someone with a fucking cable uh, and then uh, asks, you know, gives Madeline a gun and says, stay here, shoot anyone that comes to this door that's not me. Uh, and then he pretty much handles everyone, including Logan Ash, uh, who he shoots and then drops a car on. Yeah, he does. And it was fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, but cool. like maybe leave people alive so that you can interrogate them and find out more information. Might have been a good idea. Might have been a good idea. Yeah, I, I no feel time. like he's supposed to no learn that lesson in like maybe the third movie. First movie. Very first movie. I loved I loved him baiting into baiting them into all these situations. Like I love the shooting in the air, drawing them towards an area, motorcycle hitting the cable car. All that was really damn cool. Sorry, I'm scarfing down a carrot right now. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, Kevin, if you'll remember, sorry, just to pick that point up. Remember uh Dame Judy Dench, his character was like he was like, well, I thought I thought killing one less. Remember, he says like I thought killing one less bomb maker was a good thing. And he, she's like, he didn't leave him. Alive. She's like, who cares about a bomb maker? I want I want access to his network. Of course, Bond just never learns his lesson, man. Never learns his lesson. Yeah, drops a car on the yeah. guy. I like to think it's because the guy's younger and better looking than him. And one day I'm like, just drop a car. On you him think he's better looking than him, huh? At this point, yeah. And the guy's taller, better hair. What are you gonna do? Daniel Craig's sexier for sure. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, he goes weird. So weird. <laughs> Starts walking down the road, and who should pull up? And a dope ass Aston Martin uh, 007, new 007, picks him up and asks him if he wants a ride again. And it's uh, in the it's accent. Great. 
in the accent in the Jamaican. Great. Yeah, that was, was great. That was really the, good. The one. Uh, she just rips onto a tarmac uh, and then drives right into the back of a plane where Q is there to meet them. Uh, and they have tracked somehow someone over to this island uh, where they figured Saffron, Saffron is, um, or Saffron, excuse me, it's Poison Island. That's where his family's from. And they make poison there. And this is where the whole thing is. And at this point, I'd have been like, why don't we I just... Love- I love it. What's up? I mean, because it's it's a return to ridiculous <laughs> villains that are it's just absurd. yeah, absurd villain like uh, you know what the die another day or the one where it, it's like oh he's uh, from North Korea and he's making a giant die like another day. yeah it just I love it it's so absurd it's just like all right cool <laughs> the family of poison people it's one of those things though where you're like you're a hired thug right some of these people you maybe they've been coerced mm. to working there right the no. scientists you figure. But then there's some people that are just there working. How long can you work in that environment before you're like, I gotta look for another job? I yeah, <laughs> this is there's no vending machine. This here. isn't there's right not for even me. A snack. There's no Starbucks on this island. Oh, Nick, I guarantee you, their vending machines are great. Do you not remember the episode of what The Simpsons when they go to work for Nick Scorpio? Is that right? Scor- yeah, Scorpio. Scorpio. And yeah. like everything was paradise for them. It's true. Because like they're making them sign up for these awful things, so m- might as well entice them in every way that you can. Benefits have to That's be great, true. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Have like a bunch of uh, like pinball machines in the break area. Yeah. <laughs> so many pinball machines in the break area. Ping pong. Um, as Ping they're pong. prepping their mission, uh, we we get the scene with Saf with Remy Malik and uh, and uh, Madeline and Till, where he tours them around uh, Poison Island, and then uh, takes really weird, young, awkward, yeah, very strange. Takes the and then he takes he kidnaps uh, uh, her daughter and separates them and sends her off to be killed by Cyclops and apparently this is where it kind of gets a little murky I'm like what what are you doing yeah. here what's, what's the, plan? the point here yep what is the plan you gonna raise I, this, this kid this whole thing was weird of like Fresh. all right he's been weirdly in love with Madeline his whole life right. which bunch of weird things on why he saved her and all that fine fucking weird and then he wants the kid. Because he strange. wanted to have a kid. I don't know. That All when, of that was weird and seemed really forced. Especially when you let the kid just run away at the yeah, end of it. Yeah, that was weird. Yep. It, yep. It, it really was just sort of like a means to an end. We got to get the kid back with the family, but how right. do we do it? I just didn't love the way much of this was framed. This is like, uh, you mentioned the probably the weaker part of the movie for you, Nick. Um I enjoy much of the action around these th- this part, but I just really mm-hmm. don't like anything that's having happening with Saverin, Safin, Safin. Safin. Uh, I think a lot of it could have been. I think a lot of this could have been condensed too. We spent a lot of time in this area. We go back and forth in the in the anyway. Uh, we do get a dope sequence now where Bond and 007 uh, have to use a gravity plane. I think is what they called it. Um, which I think was just a glider of some sort, but it had a cool gravity engine on the back of it that looked some some sort of engine that was cool. Uh, we get that great sequence where he's like, "Have you ever have you ever flown one of these before?" And she's like, "Nope." And then they just drop out of it, and it's really cool visuals. Of course, they I, use this all over the trailers. I needed more. I needed more out of this ship. I needed to see what, what else it could do. It was a boat, they, also, Andy. Dude, that was so. <laughs> it was a submarine. And as yeah. they go in, what do they say? They're like, "We're gonna go to this pre World War II sub pen." And it's yeah. like, what a cool sentence. But like, Dope. I it's I feel like the setup of the technology and like this jet was it was setting up for like more is going to happen here. And then they kind of land and they go underwater and they're they're out of it. It's like, oh, man, I need to see more of this shit. Like, I need yeah. to. I mean, just one intro. Huh? Did you get more MGS vibes from this? 
when the submarine oh, yes. pulls up and they get out of it, I'm like, God, these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> they love Kojima. Absolutely. Uh, of course, they get out and uh, he's got his cool watch uh, and she's got her cool uh, Alexa nest egg thing. And uh, which, which sonar, she puts it down. Um, and we start a cool sequence here where they're sneaking around, killing people, doing all sorts of cool shit, double tapping people. Uh, she's cool. He's cool. And they finally catch up with Oberchef, uh, who is... Uh, and he's like, you can't kill me. I'm invincible or whatever. And then they're like, what's going on? We're going to blow this place up. And he, and she's like, we got to blow up this whole thing because that's a farm for the, 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 the nanobites, I assume. That's a nanobite farm. Is that what that was? Uh, and they apparently are born in acid. Nanomachines. Nanobites. I don't, yeah, nano, nanotech. It was weird if they're born in acid or if they're just like uncontrolled there. So if you fall in, it kind of just starts breaking you down. I, that was I all... Know. Very it's like, weird. hey, this is an evil layer. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. spooky, right? Uh, looked dope as shit. It though. looked dope as hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> there is backstory here, though. Ray tracing. This is, this is Safin's dad's old place where when he worked for Spectre, he was the poison guy, and he was the one that worked on all the poison drugs and shit like that. So this was his old his old layer, which was cool. And I like that it had been sort of corrupted and co-opted by his son to be like a Zen garden now. But, of course, they're above missile silos. It seemed kind of funny. Uh, question for you, Nick, as the James Bond guy. I know a lot of rumors going into this were that Safin was going to be Dr. No. I don't know shit about Dr. No. Is this kind of implying that his dad was Dr. No? Ooh. No, I mean, that wouldn't that wouldn't work out in the in the revenge scheme because Dr. No was killed by Bond. But Dr. No did have an island. And I can't, I can't remember what his MacGuffin was, though. I'll have to look that up. Because I've only seen Doctor No like once or twice. It was not. It was the very first Bond film, and it's very, very, uh, very, very rough around the edges. If you don't like nineteen sixty two filmmaking, but <laughs> I don't know. Cool. Yeah, I can't answer that. I'm sorry, but uh, cool, cool poll if it is. Um, uh, of course, uh, they're like, well, we're gonna have, we have to blow this whole place up, and she's like, we don't have enough explosives for that, and he's like, they don't know that. It doesn't really threaten it ever. But then he's like, I gotta go. He's like, you hold this down. I'm gonna go up and find. Uh, uh, Madeline and Maddie and Matilda, and uh, we're gonna figure this out. Goes up, of course, and who does he find? Oh, we get a scene where Cyclops gets gets blinded, and and Maddie gets or Matilda, Madeline gets away. Um, and then he goes up into the nest, and he's like, "I'm just sitting here, cross-legged, hanging out with with your kid." And we, and this is kind of the first time that we're kind of confirmed that it's his kid. We know it, but he's like, "It's your daughter." And Bond's like, "I know." And then Bond's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry," uh, but he's not really sorry because he's got a Walther PPK in his belt, and he takes it out and he blows everyone away. But then Safin drops through a little compartment like a fucking like. I mean, again, I'm not like gonna a true supervillain. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say the parallels between him and 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 uh, Doctor Evil are there, but there is a lot of them, like people dropping through passages and stuff. So early Bond, so cool. Um, and then Bond uh, go, runs back. They get into it. 007 uh, kills everyone. She kills Obervich. Uh, sees someone drop into the acid. And we're like, okay, that stuff's super dangerous. Stay out of that. Um, and then he's like, dude, we got to blow this place up. Great scene. She gets out with uh, Lee Sudo's character uh, Lee, uh, and the kid. They reunite. The kid was high. Oh, that, yeah. We get the random scene where he's like, she bites him. And he's like, fine. You don't want my protection? See you later, alligator. And it's like, why would you let her go? That's like leverage. That's like the one thing Bond cares about. Why would you let her go? I'm also not clear as to where they were going. Like, were they leaving the island? They talk about how there's boats. There's two boats coming for them. But I don't know who those boats are. Were they good people? Were they bad people? Were they the Japanese or the Russians? Like, this is a highly contested area. But I'm not 
I'm I'm hazy as to what's going on here. So for a film that did like ninety uh, percent great explaining what the hell is going on in a very simple way, this whole shit's murky. Like yeah, they're yeah. leave, they're like it looks like they're leaving. Yeah. Like, oh shit, we're under attack. But yet he doesn't leave. Why would you I, stay? Well, I think that his plan was to leave and possibly take all the weaponized stuff that they had ready to go because the you you get the idea that the two boats that are coming are his boats yeah. to start the transfer of moving these right. around so why not just uh, and, get get the heck out of there but uh, eventually bond opens up the big doors sure but it, it, so here's my thing but at this point though like bond is there so if you're a super villain you can infer that the entire english government and secret service knows this island exists you can't move an island overnight right so your only choice is to get the hell out of there with whatever products you have off island and start over again. So get out of there. Like the second I saw Bond, I'd be like, oh, if Bond's here, MI6 knows that about me. And they can yeah. nuke this island if they have to. I didn't right? expect so him I to stick around. Here. Yeah, I don't know why he would stick around other than maybe he just knows, knows I, he was beat. No, but I think that like there was like an end date. Like they were just trying to get to a certain point and then have enough of this drug to yeah but why bother then i mean it it just didn't work for me because he's like i gotta close these blast doors i'm like why what is stopping them because it would destroy all of the the, yeah but but like logic logic my six is on the way anyway they're on the way yeah like (laughs) if you call japan and russia and say there's this fucking massive thing here they're gonna launch ships and they're gonna be on yeah yeah you know what i mean like it's not like it's not like the english government and the japanese government don't talk maybe russia might be a little bit more difficult but at some point more boats are showing up within the hour, right? So Part of me of there. always wants to sort of excuse these things. They're like, yeah, this could have just been a writing thing with COVID. Who knows? <laughs> like, no, I mean, like, no, no, it's I, not. I, no, actually, uh, an interesting thing there. It's not necessarily because of COVID, but just with how this movie was made. And because of COVID, it gave them a little bit more the wiggle room. Uh, no, no, no. no. Uh, that the, the film was actually, like, the script was not done until way late in the editing process they shot a bunch of stuff and the director kind of had a couple multiple visions of where the movie could go and put it together in editing where it was like they they kind of found the story uh but they had a lot of plans and the skeletons all there but there's certain things I, this kind of would make sense with that where i think uh, this part's a little muddy because like you could tell i bet that they were going back and forth on should james die or not Probably. And I, I imagine that there's like enough things that they could have went through with a, a different storyline. But like for me, a lot of these, a lot of these, I, I don't love, I'll be honest. I don't love the bond movies that deal with the world ending consequences. And I know that's the majority of bond movies, but one of the things that I really liked about Casino Royale was that it was about uncovering this organization, right? It was about, it was a mystery. It was just about bond trying to turn this one guy so that he could get more information on whatever the hell quantum was, right? Which ended up being Spectre because spoilers, quantum was, I guess, too generic. I don't know. I liked that, right? It kind of grounded a little more reality. In this, they were like, we need a ticking clock going into the third act or else there won't be any tension. What should that ticking clock be? Launch the missiles. Well, like, Come on, you can you can't explode these missiles in air. Like there's, it was just a very weird moment where it's like you've got you've got M and you've got Money Penny back in the fucking bullpen being like, what's gonna happen? We don't know. And in reality, like there is no real ticking clock in this. There's no. It's not like Remy Malik had his finger over the button. It was like when I press this button, everyone in America the virus goes dies, off, right? The yeah. virus goes off. We didn't have that. He was just, for all we know, the majority of the virus was sitting still in a place that could be easily destroyed with with time and then he was making his escape so it was just kind of weird to me where i'm like 
I know they're trying to make me feel that there's some urgency here, but I'm just not like, I'm not really feeling it other than, and then we go into the really cool long shot. And I was like, fuck it. This is cool. I like this a lot. The Carrie um, Fukunaga special. The, the special, the, right? Uh, the which worked out. There was a couple cuts in it, though. I don't know if you guys caught that or not, but for sure there was a couple. Cuts. There was one of there was one of the where the body gets close up gets to the popped, camera. Yeah. yeah. But still, it's like but it was cool when I you like know it's happening. It's happening. Incredible, it's, man. It is like the it's like it's like pornography. You know it when you see it. You know, yeah, when you're in the middle of a Fukunaga special. Hell yeah. Fukunaga special. That's a badass way to call it. <laughs> uh, of course, Bond heads up to the uh, the mission control area and he's like, Q, I got to open these blast doors or else these missiles are just going to bounce off. Uh, and by the way, they're really crazy. funny. <laughs> like, and he's like, all right, it has to what be a, a silly specific. thing to say. He's like, he's, I know. I mean, it wouldn't. It would destroy this and probably make it really, really difficult to get back into it. At the very least, it would make it very hard to get back into this this facility if you launched all those missiles at it. But again, that's another issue I have with it. I'm like, no, blast doors sure concrete sure how about this fire 20 more missiles at this fucking thing how about that fire all the missiles at this thing you only fired like four anyway i lie i digress uh cute funny moment here where q is like you have to open this up in a very specific manner and bond just starts going through all the things he goes got it and q's like oh all right, fuck me they open bond's making his way out it looks all good uh, at this point 007 has has saved his family and gotten them to a safe distance away but of course as he does he gets shot and Safin has come back for an unexplained reason. We assume just revenge. And he's like, I've got you now, Bond. Whatever. Bond snaps his arm off. But before he does, Safin manages to scratch his face with a little of that nanotech. And he's like, guess what, motherfucker? You can live, but you can never go near your your uh, your lover or your daughter ever again without the threat of killing them. And it's possible that you might touch someone who might touch them. It might touch someone else who will kill them. So you have to, you're dead with me. And I that fucking and like, sucks so and bad. And he's like, and Bond's like, wait what was your what was your motivation this whole time was it just to beat me he's like why you know like i thought you wanted to like like what was the motivation here to make this technology are you trying for world domination because if so why the fuck would you come back who cares you could have killed her tomorrow you could have killed me with this technology you could have killed anyone anytime you want if you'd have just left the island right like you kill yeah, anyone. Yeah, yeah. this is the ultimate fucking weapon of mass destruction but i digress I guess it just turned out that he was like he was just in love with her and pissed off that he couldn't have her the entire time. Anyway, so Bond just unceremoniously puts four fucking bullets right in his face as he walks away. Love that shot. Just pop, 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 pop. Yeah. Right? Goes Fuck up and then you. realizes what yeah. has to be done. And he calls, goes back up, opens the blast doors, walks up and, and gets asked to patch back into Matilda or Madeline and says, listen, I'm not going to make it. And he's like, I want you guys to go on. Uh, and she's like, well, I just wish we had more time. And he says, we have all the time in the world. As the bomb, as the bombs, not land, they get, they get over the island and break off into a thousand other little tiny missiles that just carpet bomb the entire island and take the entire thing out, including Bond. As we see that the blast just ripple into him, and it all goes to white. And then we come back, and we get uh, we get a nice scene where uh, all of Bond's team are have have poured him a drink in the middle of the table, and they poured themselves one as well. And uh, uh, M reads a very nice passage from, I forget the author, but it's basically like, hey, don't waste your life. Make your life mean something, even if it's a shorter life. I'd rather live a shorter life that's meaningful than a long life full of nothing. Um, and Bond, of course, has, has done just that. And his death meant something. Uh, and they cheers. And then he says, now it's back to work. Uh, and then we get a great scene where uh, uh, Matilda and her daughter, James Bond's daughter, are driving again, uh, mirroring that scene from the end of uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service and the beginning of this movie as well, where they're driving in the old Jag or the old Aston Martin. And uh, she says, I want to tell you a story about a man named Bond, James Bond. Oh, shit. 
Damn, that, that was no good. Time to die. So, so oh, good. Although we did miss, and Kevin confirmed, though, at the end of the credits, it did say James Bond will return. So, Hell yeah. Did Love it say it. James Bond or did it say 007 will return? Oh, it said James Bond. Okay, cool. Well, there you go. Interesting. We'll see yeah. what happens. Very damn cool. Uh, let's do a little thing I like to call haiku in review. Seven syllables in the middle. You'll need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form. Just like James Davis did. This one's kind of multi-parter here. Beautiful city. James Bond jumps off a cool bridge. Oh shit. Are those sheep? If you were threatened, could you swallow a flash drive? Like a whole <laughs> flash drive. <laughs> hey, Q, Again, I hear no you. No need to swallow. You've got two orifices that can swallow. Boof it. Boof it, everybody. Boof. Hey, Q, I hear you. I just showed someone your watch. Really blew their mind. Uh, that's awesome. Ah, that's great, a great part. Overall I solid. I thought was say it was very eye-opening. Yeah. Mm, mm. Okay. Overall solid. Why Bending tugs some heartstrings. I'll miss Daniel Craig. Amen. Dunhill, 1986, not so positive on it. I held in a piss so I wouldn't fall asleep. At least it had an end. How this movie could bore you, I do not understand. Uh, Z-Pole says, there's no time to die. Craig had his time and says bye. Now, time for Knives Out. Hell oh, wow. yeah. And I can guarantee whenever Knives Out 2 comes out, we will do a Knives Out in review. Get hyped, everybody. I've never seen part one. Oh, Andy, you're going to absolutely love it. Do you like Daniel Craig? He's cool, yeah. Do you like, do you like Anna accents? de Armas? I thought you were going to say, do you like Daniel Craig with a weird accent? Because I've heard he's got a weird accent. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's so like, weird. Like, Southern, yeah. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Uh, and then Grant Burton writes in saying, he's back yet again. Only he can save the world. Wait, is that Fox die? <laughs> the spy is a dad. He was a bit of a lad. The villain is bad. He used to be blonde. He goes above and beyond. The name's Bond. James Bond. Hell yeah, baby. That was very, great. Very good. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Uh, Ragu Bagu. Ragu. Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the final Rad Guys Talk. Bad Guys here for the Bond interview series until James Bond returns. That is right now. Number one on the list is Tiago Silver from Skyfall, or as Tim wrote, Skyfail. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, Le Chiffre. From Casino Royale is number two. Dominic Green from Quantum of Solace. And then, of course, Blowfield from Spectre rounding out the list. Where do we want to put Safin from No Time to Die? Oof. It's rough. It's rough. I, I feel like he's the worst part of this movie. Mm-hmm. He's still not that bad. But I would go number three. Yeah, because I think it's more interesting than Dominic Green from Quantum, but Mm -hmm. Lashif was just cool in Casino, and I like I I like it even though he was a bad guy. There was layers to him, and Mm -hmm. like you can kind of sympathize isn't the right word, but understand his motives. So and also he's a great poker player. Also, he was whipping his ball sack with that whip with that. You're right. You're right. I was crazy. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I would say put it in my three. I think he's. Uh, I think he. I think the the performance elevates it. Unfortunately, his motivations the material didn't really back that up. But I do think he's more compelling than Dominic Green and Blowfield from Spectre. I agree. I agree with all that. Shout out to Bond for having a kid after all that testicle torture. I mean, yeah, hey, that's a good point. Maybe he froze from sperm. You don't know. Mm, you don't know. True. You don't know. So, so no, uh, we, me, we Andy, and Nick. Know. We all say. <laughs> we all say three. Kev, I saw you were putting up a two. 
Okay, Kev can't really talk right now because Paul's there. But uh, anyways, there we go. Uh, the new rankings, number one, Tiago Silva from Skyfall. Number two, Lashif from Casino Royale. Number three, Safin from No Time to Die. Number four, Dominic Green from Quantum of Solace. And number five, Blofeld from Spectre. And now it's time to rank the James Bond movies. Currently number one, we have Skyfall. Number two, Casino Royale. Number three, Quantum of Solace. And number four, Spectre. I'm going to start this off with Barrett Courtney, who is also doing votes in this series, who writes in and says, no time to die thoughts. I thought this was a solid end to Craig's run as Bond. The stakes were well set from the top and the action was so damn fun and had me on the edge of my seat. The cinematography was excellent as well. The action sequence in the forest might be my favorite in all of his films. I loved Anna de Armas and wish we got more of her. And I think Lashana Lynch and Craig played off each other really well. While I think Malik played his role excellently, his introduction was so good. I think his motivations felt weak compared to the other villains. Everything felt well tied together in Spectre and this final villain felt so disconnected from it all. While I don't know if... I think Craig's death was completely earned and the movie sort of just ends on a weird note. I still really liked it overall. Also, Kojima or Konami about to sue somebody. Uh, with our current ranking, I would put it at number two under Skyfall. This is number one with a bullet for me. Easy. Easy for me. Like, it's not even close. Evan Coelho also is emphatically quietly saying number one number one mouthing number one. the word number mouthing, one yeah kevin's uh, saying number five wow that's crazy wow. <laughs> <laughs> nick scarpino um i definitely liked this more than skyfall i think it's a more complete film um the the issue i'm having is i just i, I there's such a special place in my heart for casino royale um just because it's it's just a special movie to me it's not nearly as good as this movie um it's very much an action film but i feel like I don't want to put it above Casino Royale. So I would put it at number three, knowing fully well and fully supporting you guys putting it at number one. Uh, I'm just going to put it down there because I love Casino Royale. It's kind of a, spe it's a special movie to me. I, I think that that's fair, Nick. I think that's fair because I think that unlike your, your Fast and Furious one and your Iron Man of all this started all, so you got to give it credit. Casino Royale is a very unique film and there, there is nothing like it. Whereas with No Time to Die and Skyfall, there are things like it. We compare it uh, emphatically to the Mission, Mission Impossible series and other yeah. things. So it's like there is that level where Casino Royale is a very special movie. Having said that, this is easily number one for me. No Time to Die, I think, is just consistently great throughout. I said it earlier, but even just doing this review, I'm, it makes me realize like I like this movie even more than I did when I walked out of the theater last night um still some iffy stuff in that uh, once they get to the island but at the end of the day i love it it's goofy it's silly mm -hmm. the island stuff and it ends in a way that really it got me made me tear up with the bond james bond stuff and that's really all you can ask for for a film like this that is trying to wrap something up it wrapped things up successfully and you know in a world where these major franchises that we've kind of grown with like we're in the era of franchises right mm -hmm. like this is it's never been uh, before there was trilogies but now it's just like there's decade-long adventures that we see with characters and sometimes you get endgame and sometimes you get rise of skywalker sometimes you get uh the game of thrones ending this isn't that this is a definitive amazing end to daniel craig's journey as james bond so number one which means the rankings now number one no time to die number two skyfall number three casino royale number four quantum of solace and number five specter like i said earlier we will return next week with halloween 2018 and halloween kills featuring the one and only kyle richards uh, and also nick never forget denise richards also a Bond girl. So there you go. There you go. 
Christmas. Wow. Yeah. Connection. I, I, I'm yeah. not even going to say it. <laughs> yeah. Just don't, don't oh, even say anything. Up. Don't say anything. But anyways, I love you all. Thanks for joining us with this. Uh, and a lot of people didn't even know that we did James Bond in review because uh, uh, we ha- we've had a lot of new fans join us over the last couple of years during our work from home days. So please go check out all of our interview series. We've done countless franchises at this point like it is kind of insane to look at the uh the programming sheet that i have hold on give me one sec i want to get the number here because it blew my mind earlier looking at this that we have recorded 273 episodes of in review 273 really jesus that's why half of those are pixar movies straight up (laughs) straight up you'll love to see it until next time love you guys bye